Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 3, Episode 16. Today we're talking Ticks from 1993, directed by Tony Randell. I'm Joel Scola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor. They call me Panic because I never do McGraw. Welcome to the dumpster. Ticks do not get this big. It's a tick. Severely altered, but a tick all the same. What happened to it? Specimen has been covered with something. Possibly an herbal steroid. Steroid? It's illegal, but some of the farmers up here use it on their marijuana fields to accelerate growth. But that's between us, understand? you were gonna say that <laughs> he fucking slayed me this whole movie and I, like oh man of all the familiar faces he's the one who stands out the most yes not just because it's carlton because he's fucking awesome in this movie yeah no he's amazing i think this is the only tough guy role that alfonso ribeiro's ever played and he's really good it's good <laughs> only one that comes to mind i'm into it yeah he's my favorite character oh yeah i i brought him up at work because like because of the the Patreon, everybody. Oh, the patron. The Patreon. And I was walking around after my shift was over with the Movie Dumpster shirt on with intent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You see this shit? It's got a fucking Patreon now, baby. <laughs> I, came, I came through treatment uh, while, like, uh, when the doctors and when the technicians were still left. And they were like, I thought you just walked through here and left. I was like, I did. Actually, what this is now is just gross advertising. And I pointed <laughs> to the shirt and just walked away. <laughs> but uh, I mentioned, I mentioned, uh, I said, because if I say his real name, everyone would go, who's that? Um, so I said, yeah, I watched a killer tick movie with Carlton. And the doctor with goes, he did movies? Hey, man. I mean, he's an underrated actor, in my opinion. I agree. I think this is the only... Look, I'm going to be perfectly straight up honest. This is the only other thing I've seen him in besides, like, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and, uh, what is that, Dancing with the Stars or whatever the fuck that was? Is that what it was that he hosted? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on that, Dancing with the Stars. He did reunite with Will Smith in addition with uh, Jaden Smith on, I think, the Jimmy Fallon show. Because, like, Jimmy Fallon just, like, out of nowhere, just, like points off stage and there they are and they do the dance you know jimmy fallon king of comedy yeah <laughs> pratt falls and laughing at the camera and and pointing at things and going there's the actual comedy and then yeah, there it was i'm like look at th- i'm like first of all those two haven't lost a step true jaden smith get the fuck out of here oh no that kid just needs to find something else to do with his life <laughs> Not acting, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Uncle Phil, of course, being abducted by aliens <laughs> in the colony, which we still need to do on this show. He's fighting the TMNT somewhere. Yeah, well, yeah, that too. Alternate universe. Still, to this day, floors the fuck out of me. Every time I hear that voice come out of Shredder, I'm like, that's fucking Uncle Phil. <laughs> oh, I'm Uncle Phil. I can't even do it justice. But he's in the MDU. He's still he's still fighting the good yeah. fight in the Technodrome. He'll uh, he'll come to the forefront eventually. It's only a matter of time. Sure. Um, I feel like Uncle Phil's been in more movies than Carlton has. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically, the Colony. Again. Uh, yes. We're gonna come back around to that next year, maybe. But is it better than Ticks? Question mark. Ah, uh, the Colony. Fuck no. <laughs> uh, we, all of these questions will be will be answered. Um. But the Patreon, Connor, you mentioned that. Yes. If you didn't see, we just launched our Patreon over at patreon.com 
forward slash movie dumpster and we're 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 really excited to uh to launch it finally uh we've been you know everybody's been asking us when where's the fucking t-shirt where's the stickers where's this where's that well we've been giving stuff away for the past three years to everybody who asks um so now it it's kind of nice that uh that we can offer these things and and we can kind of give a uh, an exchange if you will (laughs) yes we give you the show and cool shit and you give us a couple bucks because to, to support the show every month and you know uh our tiers are like what two five and ten yes and ten being the high end um you can you can uh donate or 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 be a patron for however much 25 cents five cents whatever you want to give it it helps and you know if if a hundred people give two dollars that's a big deal you know that that's something we can actually use and 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 produce the show with you know yep make more shirts uh pay for hosting fees stuff like that yeah pins stickers all kinds of fun shit we got commentaries that were that we're cooking up for you can't wait to do that yes i'm excited me too yeah um especially because uh me off the cuff uh is an entirely different animal <laughs> so um and then we can actually like have jokes that go with a visual? How about that? Yeah. yeah. You think we're funny now? Fucking wait for that shit. Yeah, wait until I'm reacting to things live. <laughs> <laughs> MDU in live action. Oh, boy. That's a good one. So, yeah. So, you can you can sign up to be a dumpster dweller. You can... Uh, for, two do- for $2. Go in there and become a time-traveling mutant with our friend Daniel Baldwin. That's our $5 tier, and you get well, a sticker pack and access to our commentaries. Yes, and uh, if you want to go all in... You go to the $10 tier and become the wizard's fucking house elf. You take a little bit of abuse, you get a t-shirt, you get a pin, you get the commentaries, the sticker pack. You get infinite respawns as long as Harry Potter can find your corpse. Yeah. Listen, you're gonna fucking get my chicken as many times as I want, and you're gonna like it wearing a fucking movie dumpster t-shirt. And you're gonna take a six-shooter to the chest every time (laughs) I feel like it, because I can. Don't forget my fucking honey for my roll, you little troll. Um, he's gonna be coming up a lot in this movie, believe it or not. Charnetsky? I think, yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get to it. Uh, I just wanted to say Harry Potter uh, popping up wherever Dobby's buried. I just kind of feel bad. I don't know if I feel worse for Dobby or Harry Potter in this situation. Uh, probably Dobby, since he's actually the one being murdered. Probably Dobby. Harry Potter, like, gets gets the fucking credit for doing nothing all the time. Right. Harry is a fucking, he's a goddamn celebrity uh, <laughs> by, by having his friends do a lot of the work. Yeah. Fuck him. Hermione has saved his ass and Ron's ass so many times. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, oh, Harry, the boy who lived. Question mark. I don't know why that person's from Monty Python who just walked into <laughs> Help, help, I'm being repressed. Oh, oh my God. Who are the Brit? Who is Harry Potter? Cut the head off the snake. But if Harry Potter weighs as much as a duck, he's still the hero of the movie, question mark. Harry Potter turned me into a newt. I got better. I got better. I'm sorry, when I drank a little bit before the show. <laughs> That's totally fine. You're drunk, and I'm fucking, and I'm on, like, speed. Yeah, I had a shit-ass work day, everybody. Uh, we went back to curbside uh, at my hospital because COVID hasn't gone away. Wear a fucking mask. Yeah, news, news flash. Yeah, um, 
And so we're back to curbside, and within just, like, a single day, everyone was like, I get to be a jackass again. Um, they're waiting. They're <laughs> chomping at the bit for that shit. So, yeah, it's, it's right back to the grind again. It's going to be like this probably for the next eight months or so, probably the next year or so. So, yay! So there's going to be lots of um uh, uh apple-flavored, very weak alcohol in my future because I don't like beer. Oh, man, sugar headaches? You're fucking crazy, man. <laughs> Couldn't, I can't I, do I that. Can't, I can't wait for the poops that come after this. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You get a little apple dumpling, huh? Yeah. It, does it give you a little, a little, uh, uh, you know what? That was going to be a James Wood joke. Gives you, gives you a little, gives you a little apple wood. Yeah. Give, give you a little apple wood. You strong bow. You like a boner or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yes. Speaking of Patreon. <laughs> so we just wanted to thank everyone who signed up so far. And I'm just going to go down the list of everyone who's joined so far. So we've got Hunter Davenport. You son of a bitch. <laughs> from the Phantom Zone. Friend of the show. Thank you, Hunter. Thank you. Fucking first one. He was first. He made sure to let us know that. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Brendan Lemune, the Autistic Gamer 89, Beyond Hope 777, Christopher, Jacob Chavez, Leonardo, Roberto, Talavera, Barocio, I believe. Gorlami. <laughs> Sorry if I got that wrong. <laughs> Amanda Tweed, and Joe has a mustache. Hi, Joe. Thank you all. I do have a mustache. I mean, oh, wait, that's the guy's name. Okay. He's going to fight you now. I hope you know that. Thank you so much. Thank you to all of you who have supported us already with the Patreon. It hasn't even been up for what? As of this recording, four days? Something like that, yeah. Just a couple days. Yeah, about a week once this episode comes out. Yeah, it'll be about a week when this episode drops. Um... Yeah, I, I, we were so taken aback by the response, just by everybody in general, from everybody sharing it to everybody actually signing up. Thank you so much. I uh, floated out a topic over on the Patreon, uh, asking you guys like if you had any questions about this movie in particular, ticks, or uh, just any general questions, because you know we always like that kind of shit. We're always asking for your video store stories. Any, uh, you know, we were talking about a few weeks ago about uh, you know old tapes your parents had. You know those old eight-hour fucking EP tapes where you came and see anything, but there's twenty shows taped on it in a row. Yeah, baby, you got Uncle Buck and fucking Turner and Hooch back to back on there. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I had uh, I had episodes of Monday Night Raw and Mr. Science Theater back to back to back. There you go. Mmm, peanut butter and chocolate right there. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, you sign up for that Patreon. We're gonna we're gonna be asking these questions every time we have an episode. Yes. Well, not that we're asking the questions. We want you to ask questions that we'll answer on the episode. And we got two of them. Oh, we sure do. That I forgot to pull up. Excellent. <laughs> Line. <laughs> All right. So our first question is from Leonardo, and he asks, "Would you let a hundred ticks munch on you for an hour?" for 100 grand go fuck yourself um <laughs> wait a second see you got to be more specific hydroponic mutant ticks hydroponic waste mutated ticks or just regular ticks Hold on, what was it what was the amount of ticks again 100 for one hour for a hundred grand. Yeah, what kind of ticks? Well, that's what I'm saying. Is it one of these ones that makes it so you can't eat meat anymore and you just start, like, throwing up even if you eat a fish stick? What, like, if it's Lyme's disease? Well, yeah. That's off the fucking table. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't want to incur a disease. Are these deer ticks? Are these are these wood ticks? Uh, right, but if it was a hundred of these mutant ticks from the film, uh, I would be dead. Yeah, 
If it was like one, you're probably dead. Yeah, probably. And I want to ask, are we talking like 100 grand? Like, we are talking about money, right? We're not talking about one, like, 100 grand candy bar. Candy bar? Like the commercials? <laughs> what would you do for 100 grand? I'd get eaten by fucking ticks. Imagine that shit. You survive that, and if the fucking guy hands you a freaking candy bar and says, hey, enjoy. Oh, man, you look like Clint Howard. Enjoy. I just I just beat the shit out of that guy. Um, uh, here's, here's the thing, like... I don't... Okay, I work with animals, and in working with animals, I've gotten a bit more respect for um, certain entities in the insect kingdom. Um, I don't want to hurt spiders anymore, because they're, they, have, they have a purpose. They're the best. They protect your home from other yes. sons of bitchin' fucking insects. One scuttle out of my, the, like, the, the, the hole of my door, like, where the, the fucking the door jam is. And I was like, you know what? You're fine. I didn't notice you the entire time I've lived here. <laughs> They're not looking for you, man. I, I don't do creepy crawlies. I don't do parasites. I don't do... <laughs> I don't think anybody does parasites. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't see a purpose in ticks or fleas or mites or anything like that. Um, I don't know if... It, if letting a hundred ticks just feast on you is in any way healthy. <laughs> well, I don't think that's the part of the question. I think no. we all agree that it's unhealthy. Yeah. Again, regular size ticks, fuck yeah. hundred on me, baby. Give me that fucking hundred grand in dollars. <laughs> USD. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could physically and mentally handle the fact that, like, there's a hundred small... It's small parasitic insects on just taking my plasma for an hour. How about one? How about one mutated like steroid infused one, and the rest are all the regular ones? But like, no, <laughs> it's, it's it's like in a monitored environment, so you can't actually be killed by it. Like, there's a trainer or some shit there keeping an eye on it. Okay, now it's a fucking John Hurt experiment. I'm hooked up to a fucking IV the whole time. Is what should happen. When that happens. <laughs> yeah, fucking IV a strongbow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let them let them suck me dry. Uh, everything tastes like gold. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know who you know who could do it, no problem. Hey, hey, you know I'll take that hundred grand. I'm a fucking zombie already. <laughs> Gramps comes up. Come on, suck me dry, little tickies. The fucking it's basically like the scene in the movie when she tries to suck the blood out of that dog and nothing's coming out. It's like Gramps, like the fucking ticks can't get any juice. Oh, but he comes man. in like he comes in made up like he's alive, and everyone's like, I don't know how he's doing this. <laughs> he's like that. He's like Jack Nicholson and Batman when he's at yeah. the art fucking museum. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth. Somebody just throws a fucking glass of water in his face, and dust just fucking flies off him. He has a posse playing Prince. <laughs> They're playing Prince, but it's like a old like fucking like 1849 version with like violins and some fucking like ukuleles or some shit a honky tonk version it's just that weird bat dance that he had in the batman albums but played on piano he's like blasting guitars and saxophones over it oh man it's like it's like fucking dark tower where they're playing hey jude on the fucking honky tonk <laughs> piano but it's fucking yeah. prince bat dance on the piano on the honky tonk piano there you go all i'm saying is gramps has got it in the bag oh yeah no for sure what about you sean sean did you answer the question <laughs> I, I think we did. I mean, I sure as fuck wouldn't do it, personally. Regular ticks, yes. Uh, mutant ticks, no. Yeah, no, I think I'd uh, probably just say no to both. Sans the Lyme's disease, and we're good. I'm far more intrigued with the second question, because I know what that one is. Don't cheat, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, the second question by Hunter, this brought me back a little, all the way back to season one of this show. Uh, his question is, which one of you could beat Uwe Boll in a boxing match? I will answer this. Neither of us. Neither of us? Well, which one's... Who? Yeah, right? Yeah, which one, Connor? You and who else? 
I'll get to our, our, our answer we talked about in the chat in a second. Um, trick question. Uva Bowl is a trained boxer who would fuck all of us up individually, probably without effort. Hey, I heard what you said about me on your House of the Dead episode, you sons of bitches. I heard what you said, you fucking weetods. I heard what you said, you fucking weetods. I know what you're doing on that podcast. Don't make me leave my fucking restaurant to come beat you up. I was playing golf and now I have to come box your ears. I'm yeah. coming. <laughs> Fuck you, Uwe. He would just... He, I don't know. I, I would like to think I could beat him, but I just know it ain't fucking happening. No, no. I think I, I could be mistaken, but I've heard he is a Golden Gloves-level boxer. Like, he is good. Um, which is why he challenged so many of his critics to boxing matches, and all these idiots lined up. So, like, ha, ha, I'll fight the old man. And they got their shit pushed in. Yeah, and then he takes his shirt off like Master Roshi, and they're like, gulp. Yeah. <laughs> I, he's a formidable guy. No doubt. Yeah, our answer is, do we get to team up on him? Um, yes. If all three of us versus Uve, I think we can kick his ass. Oh, no, three of us are beating him up. We're full oh, of yeah. chairs and uh, steel baseball bats. Oh, yeah, call in a little fucking help, like a fucking, uh, like, a, like a super, like a super Smash Brothers trophy. Fucking get some Daniel Baldwin in there. Our answer, our answer is that we return his boxing challenge with a challenge of professional wrestling. Um, and we just come at him with, like, all the gimmicks in the world. <laughs> He's got the chair! He's got the kendo stick! He's got the two-by-four! What is this, tables? Why is the ring started by tables? What is thumbtacks? A ladder? Are you going to install a light bulb? The big show's there. He's holding him down. I jump <laughs> off the Titantron after doing the sign of the cross. <laughs> Wait a second. Why is he hitting me with the fluorescent light bulb? Yeah. That's my answer. We would pro we would pro wrestling him to death. Yes, he would be like Mister X. He would just be charging through all this shit. <laughs> oh man, he would. He really would. Even in that safe room, you're not even safe in there. No, no, not from Uve. -uh. He's ducking in and ducking out. He's like, my program. He does not allow me to enter this room. Oh my god, we fucking light him on fire, and he fucking grows claws and shit. Well, and then he turns to you and he goes, "I brought a friend, Clint Howard." Oh no, Daniel Baldwin drops us the fucking rocket launcher. There you go. <laughs> We st we're still not sure what side Daniel's on, but not Uve's, that's for sure. Daniel Baldwin, he's a fucking agent of chaos. He's an agent of chaos. <laughs> he just throws it to you. He's like, you've got nothing else to lose. Fire. Yeah. I'll be in the pause. <laughs> John Hurt's fucking rubbing his hands in his fucking emperor chair. <laughs> My young apprentice. I Okay, yeah. actually, wait, I, I have to bring this up on the show because, all right, so I was listening to uh, the Jim Cornette podcast the other day, and uh, he takes Jim Cornette is an old wrestling personality, for those who don't know, and he takes questions for his show, and I swear to God, he gets a question, and so his co-host goes, this question comes from blah blah from La Paz, Bolivia. No. <laughs> No. <laughs> Dean Stockwell reaching out from the grave. Yeah, man. Cue that fucking In Pursuit music. He's on a boat with an axe. Look out. <laughs> Fuck your day up, dude. But yeah, that's, uh, but our answer to Ubi Bowl is, uh, yeah, we just, I would just start suplexing him. I don't know if I could even lift him, to be honest. Shoot him in the dick. That's, my, that was my, that was my, uh, solution. I mean, do we, do we get the, you know, Naruto Sasuke fucking Rasengan powers? Are we able to create montages with the, with our mind's eye? <laughs> yeah. And get that ability in this combat? Exactly. My expanded answer is like, do I get to use my speed force powers? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you get Connor and Connor skeleton? Like, they, they split into two and then oh, they get to help in the combat. Is it like Joe said? Is it like Smash Brothers and we got the fucking assist trophies and we call in like John Hurt to fucking <laughs> shoot him with the Buchanan 
Yeah. I just grab the skeleton and throw it at him. <laughs> and that defeats him? It just, it, it just explodes. Like You throw water on him and he fucking melts like a witch? No, I just, I show, I open a copy of Transformers by Michael Bay and it's like the Ark of the Covenant. It just melts him. <laughs> <laughs> and his face starts melting like, like the ah! fucking Nazi who melts. Oh my God, that works out too perfectly. <laughs> He's like, oh no, Michael Bay is the first. <laughs> Oh, shit. And uh, like I mentioned, you know, Clint Howard, he was called into action. And uh, believe it or not, he comes in with a copy of Ticks and he hands it to us. And, and he says, here you go, fellas. <laughs> no, he goes, I'm infested. And then explodes and Ticks like run after Uve. That's what happens. Yeah, there you go. Several copies of Ticks just fly out of his body into our hands. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a two-part explosion. He explodes, Ticks after Uve, yeah. DVDs rain from the air into our hands. I oh, like he's it. like so he's like a Mortal Kombat 3 character. He explodes and has like 11 rib cages. And yes, you know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bugality. Or bad movieality. Howardality. <laughs> is that like if we put all the fucking DVDs together, is it like the Power Rangers and we like morph? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe. Um, no, we we look at him and we go, "I know what it's like to lose," and then we close our fist, um, and then he turns to dust. That works too. Yeah, exactly. Blows away in the wind. Yeah, <laughs> he just sits down and looks forward and just like turns to dust. Yeah. I close my eyes, and it's just <laughs> there goes Uve. Only for a moment, but the moment's gone. I like how we came up with like 17 different defeat scenarios for Uwe Bowl. Well, you need that many plans, man. Yeah. yeah. Nothing's concrete against him. And Mm-mm. Doctor Strange, this fucking shit. He's an amorphous uh, German. Who knows? Yeah. We got emails too, didn't we? We sure do. We have a couple emails. So this one comes from Jackson William Davis. By the way, if you sign up for the Patreon or send us an email... Whatever you would like us to address you as, please use that as your name. Otherwise, we're just going to read it as it is. Right? Yeah. So this one comes from Jackson William Davis. Um, He says, your podcast is amazing. Thank you so much. That's very sweet. Thanks. I started listening about four days ago with the Star Kid episode and have been hooked since. (laughs) I think that was the introduction of the Urkel bot. You know, we... We've talked about it before. Oh man, you climb in that you climb in that fucking Urkelbot anus. There you go. Oh yeah, you grab those butt cheeks and hop, and hop right in. You dive right in there. Uh, you guys have gotten me through the twelve-hour shifts at work, and for that I thank you. Well, you're very welcome, and I'm glad you like listening us uh, listening to us talk about movies. I'm glad you can sustain my bullshit for that long. <laughs> <laughs> Duly noted. Uh, how many hey what's up and or whatever's can you take for me? Uh, actually, uh, Joe, uh, Joe with a mustache, Joe has a mustache. However, he's uh phrased that. Uh, he said I think his favorite thing is when we just kind of pause and go or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you know, you, what else can you really say? Yeah, you know what? Maybe maybe a shirt on that Patreon <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it might have to be or, or whatever is the other thing I think. Um. It continues, by the way, your Idle Hands episode had me dying. Hey, man, he was making a reappearance in that in that Stepfather episode we're, sure we're talking about. I just posted that MDU Monday, the fucking hands, one's Idle Hand, one's Thing. Yeah, the Idle Hand, not Devin Sawa, thank, thank goodness. Right. S- same kind of demon, but not specifically <laughs> Devin Sawa's demon. It, it is the one that, that murdered Devin Sawa and his family. Sure, yeah, I believe it. That's fine with me, yeah. Um... And he asks us, oh, and do you guys sell merch? I totally rock a shirt or a water bottle sticker. Well, guess what? 
We have a store coming soon, but if you go to that Patreon, you can get a shirt, a pin, a sticker, and commentary tracks with the $5 or the $10 tier. Correct. Actually, yes. Well, $10 gets you all of that, but the $5 gets you some stickers and the commentary tracks. And the $10 gets you a t-shirt, a pin, a sticker pack, and commentaries. So you could do that, or you can wait until the store comes up. It's coming. A couple more weeks, guys. We're trying. Look forward to it either way. Yeah. Um, we also have one more email. Uh, from This one comes from Daniel G. Is that like Mick G? <gasps> Could oh be. my god, he found us. Hey, we didn't say anything bad about him. <laughs> I heard I heard your Terminator episode, and I'm really... P- no, he, that's not what it said. I'm, I heard... You guys liked it. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no. Christian Bale was real pissed at me afterwards. <laughs> I, I Side note on that, I re-listened to that episode a few weeks ago, because I, I don't remember why I was just in, a, in the mood for Terminator. I was trying to find some portion of the episode to uh call out for sure and i totally forgot we did the whole intro with me doing the fucking voiceover of the world being nuked oh god it's so good with cybo man coming in yeah, that's where that's where my uh like my, my temporal paradoxical existence is introduced yes i took a lot of pride with that because we fucking like did it verbatim in t2 if you yeah. listen to that intro and then watch t2 it's verbatim oh yeah <laughs> I uh, just just had to comment on that because I, I remembered that happening recently. I'm like, oh my god, I forgot how amazing this was. Totally, the little things, you know. We care. Oh yeah. Um. So Daniel G says, I'm surprised after all the references to Undertaker and AJ Styles, <laughs> when you guys were talking about who Father Adam in Vampires looks like, you didn't make the connection that he looks remarkably like AJ Styles. <laughs> Laugh out loud. Yeah, you know what he kind of did <laughs> with glasses? At least before his hair got so long, of course. Uh, Unless it's just me who thought of this. Here's the funny thing, and you'll see it when the uh, when some artwork comes out for our next thing. Um, I look more like AJ Styles now because I haven't gotten a haircut in like eight months. <laughs> Didn't you chemically burn your hair at one point to get it like manageable? No, I, I put relaxer into it, um, and uh, uh, that shit is potent. <laughs> you gotta be careful with that shit. I had a, I, I touched my forehead, because I had a small, like, I took my pinky, it was gloved, and just scratched above my eye real fast, not even thinking about it, and then within seconds I was like, oh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh my, that is fire. I love um, how people with curly hair want straight hair, and people with straight hair want curly man, hair. Man, fuck, because no, I, I got my mom's crappy-ass genetics as far as my hair goes. It's like a fucking mop on my head, so I have to uh, do whatever I can to eliminate that. My hair is just, like, pinned straight, so it's got no volume at all. It just yeah, sucks. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> it's just there. Hey, man, I like my hair. I know. Well, you have a big fucking luscious curly locked head, you fuck. And then when it gets long, guess what? I cut some off. And yeah. Start over. And then you don't have to you don't have to worry about putting product in it or anything. You well, just... no. No. Yes. I put stuff in it. I have Sean, to. I would I would love to see you with like just Christian Bale hard slick back hair. Oh, it's been done. It's been done. <laughs> we might have to revisit that idea. He did like a Vincent Vega fucking looking thing. Holy one year. shit, that's awesome. What was that? That was for something some video you did, right? I honestly don't remember. Oh yeah, it was a uh the gum ad that we did. <laughs> it was a together. fake gum ad. Maybe, now that we're talking about it, maybe I'll throw it on the Instagram, <laughs> where uh, it was for a college project. I had to create a product and basically build like a site around it. But it was for this gum that, it was, it was called Tongue Puncture. Tongue Puncture, yeah. And uh, yeah, I slicked my hair back like Vincent Vega, and I... <laughs> 
it's a thing. A, yeah. a fist comes out of my mouth and in our uh, friends' mouths <laughs> and punches um, him in the yeah. face. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. To further address his email, though, um, uh, expect far less references to AJ Styles uh, in the near future because one, I hear he's a flat earther, and two, I hear he's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, isn't that more reason to talk about him? Yeah, I mean, like, to shit on him for being a flat earther, yeah, but I also don't want to, like, give his name any power. Oh, yeah, no, I get you. Oh, yeah, don't put it out. He's going to be a, you're going to get a fucking AJ Styles Tulpa, man. Dude, he'll come and ruin my Christmas like fucking Sam Whipple does or some shit like that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he's got the belt. That's who has oh, the belt. Yeah, he's got my, that, my mom didn't trash it. She gave it to him. Um, AJ Styles dude, has it. Here dude, you I'll, go, I'll Conor wake me. up and he's, like, perched in my ceiling like fucking Batman just forearm me in the face. Oh, my God. Him and Sam Whipple are fucking masturbating on it. Going, <laughs> what do you think about this, Connor? <laughs> Merry Christmas. Jesus. John Hurt sitting in the quarter with the fucking portal ready to go at a moment's notice. My mom walks in and gives Sam Whipple the money, the, the bank briefcase, and he just pins me. Oh, my God. Yeah, John Hurt's filing his nails, leaning against the wall. She's like, it was me, Connor, it was me all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I was the higher power. And the audience at home wonder what? The fuck do we just listen to? What are we even talking about? Wrestling's gotten really weird. Well, if you've been listening to the show, you know. And if you don't, maybe you should go back and listen to the other episodes we got. That's our secret. This is actually a wrestling show. (laughs) (laughs) I that's so I just thought about the like somebody who's just listening to the podcast for the first time is like, This show sucks. They're talking about some other shit. Where's Ticks? They're not talking about the Ticks movie. I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> they're talking about people jerking off on on fucking championship belts and John Hurt. What? Who the fuck is John Hurt? What? The, there's more Baldwins? What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean, Daniel Baldwin? So, yeah. So, so let's talk about uh, the wonderful film, the wonderful mutant bug film, Ticks. I think we first talked about this on the Mosquito episode. Yes, we did. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to that, you should probably go back and listen to that, because I think at the time we were like, yeah, let's do ticks back to back, but it didn't happen. Yeah, Con- Connor specifically goes, yeah, we should do ticks next. That might that might be my next pick, and then yeah. it just never, uh, it never came together. Well, here it is. Yeah, probably because I forgot I said that, because I have the memory of a fucking goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a nice little companion piece, and what's the, the fun part is you can hear how much we've evolved, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean like that's from yeah. the first season and this is you know the third season you gotta feel it feel it out a little bit see how that grabs you there's definitely some proto ass mdu shit in that episode oh yeah I recently re-listened to it mm-hmm. because today believe it or not or maybe to, it might have been yesterday uh was exactly two years since we released that episode yeah and for anyone who sincerely wants to know if you want to trace the mdu stuff back to a, a, a like a certain point it's frankenstein unbound like irrefutably yes. so sure. go back and listen to that one that's the epicenter yeah right so if you listen to that episode everything else kind of can make sense yeah mosquito's a good one though specifically oh, yeah. because we go into the whole fucking marv uh you know <laughs> and harry being in the basement with hendrix when he falls down the dumb waiter yeah with the wet bandits and everything the gunner hansen origins He's yes. that's there. 20 years since he held one of these babies. It's been 20 years. <laughs> it's been 25 years since I did the thing, but now I'm a wizard in the castle. Thanks. 
And time has no meaning to me. <laughs> time is but a window. Death is but a door. I will return. Where's my chunky chicken? Don't forget my fucking honey. <laughs> no, that's Charnetsky. But yeah, <laughs> but still, it's all the same. They're all eating wings watching the fucking Cubs game. Not fucking, uh, not, uh, not Haggerty. You know, ha- Haggerty, Haggerty's, you know, he's kind of watching, but he's like the guy in the corner who's like only half paying attention because he's so worried about his smoke cloud. I don't get it. Which... What's the deal with the Cubs? I don't, I just don't understand. Did we talk out on air the idea of someone throwing him at like an enemy and him blowing up into like a cloud or like a cloud of cocaine? Oh yeah, Meteor Man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Meteor Man throws him at fucking uh, who is it? Like Heavy D or somebody who's in that fucking yeah. crack house? Yeah. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> One of some rapper. It's a big white cloud. He's like, what the hell, man? He's like, oh, you blew my fucking load, dude. I had it. In, I had my coke stash in my pocket. My backpack full of cocaine. What the fuck, man? Get off me, coke boy. I wanted to start with this director specifically. Yes, Tony Randell. This guy's had one of these Bob Clarky fucking careers. Ah. Uh... Yes, Bob Clark. More, more uh, stuff that I would call classics for sure. I would call them horror. Or thriller masterpieces, really. Yes. Staples of the genre, if you will. Uh, And it'll make sense why I make that comparison in a moment. This man fucking directed Hellraiser 2. Holy shit. And Defcon 4. Yeah. Which is like, holy shit. Like, that and Hellraiser 2. Like, Hellraiser 2 is probably one of the best um, sequels to any of the... um, of the heavy, the, the the big hitters in horror, in my opinion. Oh yeah, uh, Hellraiser two is my was like is probably my favorite horror film, straight up. Um, I love that movie. It is, it doubles down on all the weird fantastical stuff of the second one, and it's it you go from something very isolated to something that's like nearly cosmic in scale. Oh yeah, oh yeah, with Leviathan and all that. Um, and it's super weird and and. Really, like, it, it takes itself super seriously, and it's just surreal and awesome, and it's like a fucking, like, it, it plays out like a storybook. It's so fucking cool. Stop me before I turn this into a Hellraiser 2 review. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's totally fine. I just wanted to add, like, I love the idea of somebody willingly entering. Like, Uncle Frank wanted to get in there, but he was like a sadist sexual guy. Yeah. And he was like, I'm here, and this sucks. I've been duped. He's like, hey, I want to fucking die at the same time. And then it happened. And he's like, okay, di- can I stop now? And they're like, no. Yeah. Uh, but but Channard, specifically Dr. Channard, fucking goes in and he's like, you know what? I love this shit. Turns out I'm going to be the fucking master Cenobite. I also, I, I, that's when you get the idea, like, the Cenobites are not villains. They are just agents uh, yes. you know, in service of a master who's also not really a villain. Like, Leviathan's just kind of, a, he's just a god. A thing, yeah. An entity, if you will. But the Cenobites also will eventually, you in that movie, learn, can have a will of their own. Um, mm-hmm. They can rebel, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty rad. I mean, it, it just, like you said, Connor, I think it I think it really explores that whole lore to really uh, good results for, as far as the sequel goes. I'm kind of one of the weird people on Hellraiser 2. Like, I like that movie a lot. I just hate the whole humanization of the Cenobites personally. Um... It's one of those cases where I don't mind it, right? It, it, I, I guess the mystique for them... That's, that's is, what I like about them. Sure, is more powerful, but I feel like you can attribute a little bit of um, uh, backstory to them and it not hurt them too much. Like no, I don't sure. mind. I don't mind knowing who Doug Bradley was before he was Pinhead. 
sure. No, yeah, I get that. Like, I listen. I get it. Like, I I get the appeal, and 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 I guess I don't hate it totally. But I just, if I had a choice, like I would rather them just stay mysterious. But I get from like the standpoint of like where the story was going, like they went there. But I just, I like everything else about that movie besides that. Oh, totally. It's it's a thing like, well, here's a sequel. Are we just gonna do the same thing as the first one, or go in a different direction? Yeah. And it, well, and they actually do it to to, to decent results uh, with kind of some new and fresh ideas, which is interesting. Um, yeah, he also directed Amityville 2, or, or excuse me, Amityville 1992, um, the one with the clock, It's About Time. Didn't see that one. I've seen, you know, one a ton of times, and two with Burt Ward a couple. I have completely forgotten about everything after Amityville 3D. Or, or wait, there's Amityville 1, 2, 3D, The Dollhouse, The Possession, The the one with the lamp, it's about time, or the clock, it's about time. There's one with a fucking lamp. I think that's possession. Uh, isn't uh, isn't two the one where they kind of go far more into the DeFeo stuff? Yes. yes. Okay. That's where I stopped. I've never seen anything else after that. Right. It's just so that's that series is so funny because I feel like the name is uh, public domain. Because there's, like, a gag where, like, people are just, like, making Amityville movies. I, a buddy of mine even was going to make um, Amityville Arcade at one point, which was kind <laughs> of funny. Um, I liked I liked that idea of it being, like, a haunted cab uh, arcade cabinet. I think it's kind of in the same vein as, like, I'm not sure exactly how it works, but, like, any jackass can seemingly make a Day of the Dead sequel or a reboot or something like that. Or you can make Rave from the Grave, Return of the Living Dead. No, thank you. You can keep that shit. Yeah, yeah because there's like yeah. da- there's Day of the Dead Contagion. There's da- Day of the Dead Day Z. Um, no, what? The, what are you talking about? No. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> no. There's there's several Day of the Dead like either spin-offs? remakes, spinoffs, or sequels to yeah to Romero's Day of the Dead. I think it's ha- that like happened on the same day as Day of the Dead, and it's like, well, this is Day of the Dead Part Two. It's the next day because Day of the Dead is my other favorite horror film, and I would never watch any of those pieces of shit. Uh, no fucking thank you. And as far as Return of the Living Dead goes, that stops at three. Thank you very much. Yes, it does. Yeah, that three is great. Um, he also directed uh, the live action Fist of the North Star. Oh boy, with Malcolm McDowell. I have never seen, but I watched the trailer, and I was like, what the fuck is Malcolm McDowell doing in this movie? Like, what the fuck was he doing in yesterday's Target? It looks like something out of the 90s, so I get it, but also, why? Let's just watch the Japanese version. Watch the anime, or if you if you really want to go down that route, just watch the story of Ricky, because the story of Ricky is a bonkers Chinese oh, yeah. adaptation of Fist of the North Star that has almost... No elements from Fist of North Star except for the title character can punch you and you'll explode. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Um, sign me up. I mean, the anime is great, Fist of the North Star, but I mean, it's great '80s anime. <laughs> I love it. But um, I've never seen the live action one, and now I fucking need to after seeing this trailer. Well, all right, yeah. I forgot it was a thing. Alternatively, you want to watch a live action version of uh, Fist of the North Star? Just go watch the Road Warrior. They're the same fucking thing. 
Well, <laughs> not not literally. I'm joking. I'm joking. That <laughs> okay, ballpark that, for sure. I'm joking that Fist of the North Star very blatantly ripped off Road Warrior. <laughs> Mel Gibson gets drunk and punches holes in people. That would be fantastic. I'm anti-Semitic. Yeah, <laughs> the Jews did this. <laughs> After he kills them. He did a bunch of other movies. One in particular called Children of the Night that also stars uh, Amy Dolenz, who we're going to get to in a little bit. Yes. Which I've never seen, and I need to see this. Me either, but I just kind of went down to the end of his list, and this is where I have to make the Bob Clark comparison, because these both of these directors just decided, eh, gotta pay the bills somehow. Uh, 2018's A Doggone Adventure. Edited and directed... By Tony Randell. Uh, is that like that fucking that dog movie that just came out? What is it? Dog's Life or some shit? The the uh, Shane Van Dyke version. <laughs> it, well, it could be. The setup of this movie is some old man and his dog are fleeing some alien spaceships. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you got me. And and the old man stops like in a field. And he's like, run, boy, run! And then two fucking spaceships like target him with their fucking. Uh, rays or some shit and then uh the trailer is a bunch of kids like doing some bullshit in their yard and the dog comes in and is like hey hey let me in they're like wait a second did you hear that and he's like yeah i'm morgan the talking dog oh man it's like watchers kind of this movie was about aliens 10 seconds ago yeah and and as the trailer goes on they're like on these like flying fucking like little like scooters through like this really poorly cgi thing while the pirates of the caribbean theme plays this came out three years ago yeah i need to see it tony randall the director of hellraiser 2 and ticks you know you know what if george miller can go from happy feet to fury road these guys can too i guess they just haven't found their moment yet (laughs) they did it in reverse well miller went from fucking mad max to happy feet to be fair and happy feet is a dark fucking movie true P.S. You, you know, Tony Randall just hasn't been able to bounce back. So I, I don't know if we're going to have to do a double feature next year, Karate Dog and a Doggone Adventure. <laughs> we're going to have a Doggone Month? Oh, God. Don't make me crack open two bottles at once. To just, <laughs> to think about that. Just stone cold them? Just shoot them? Yeah, that would, oh, that would result in lots of blood uh, and broken glass. Not only that, but he is also a writer, by the way. He wrote the English portions of Godzilla Returns, or as everybody knows it, uh, Godzilla 1985. Yeah, read that. He he wrote Grunt, the wrestling movie. Oh, wait, 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 what? Yeah, and Hellraiser. He wrote Hellraiser, like the screenplay? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Or portions of it, rather. Um, Yeah, he also did visual effects on Battle Beyond the Stars, Escape from New York, Saturday the 14th, Galaxy of Terror, and Forbidden World. Holy shit. I just watched Galaxy of Terror like three days ago. Yeah, so, I mean, this guy's done some really cool shit, you know? Like, I don't think that's an an excuse to make a shitty (laughs) movie about a dog. Yeah, Galaxy of Terror is on HBO Max, everybody. Scooting right along fucking... um, this movie's written by Brent uh, Friedman. Also, by the way, not only the actors in this movie, but the people behind the scenes are incredible. Okay? So, yeah. So, we have the director doing Hellraiser 2, Defcon 4. We got the writer, Brent Fre- Friedman. He wrote one of my favorite fucking movies with David Gale, Sinjinor. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, he wrote The Resurrected. 
with fuck, fuck, fucking Dan O'Bannon doing some H.P. Lovecraft shit with Chris Randon. Excellent flick, if you guys haven't seen that. Um, <laughs> this is my favorite part. You ready? Prehysteria 2 and 3. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so he's dipping into that Moonbeam shit. He wrote Pet Shop that I want to do, that other Moonbeam flick. Uh, he wrote Dark Skies, the TV show. Um, also, another personal favorite of the show, he wrote Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Ah, uh. <laughs> the crow stairway to heaven. What? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> There's his bottom. Uh. Uh, he wrote. He wrote some uh, '90s episodes of The Twilight Zone, and then he wrote uh, Star Trek Enterprise. Um, he wrote for fucking Halo Four. Uh, uh, Halo Four was a fucking travesty. So g- go on. Well, there you go. He wrote for Borderlands, uh, Star Wars Rebels, and Star Wars Clone Wars. Oh, okay. okay. That's some redeeming qualities. But like, I'm, it's Sean, very up and down. Sean, I don't like Halo Four either. But like, dude, anyone who has anything to do with a Crow sequel after two <laughs> should be shamed. Is it Stairway to Heaven like Four Crow Four? No, uh, Crow Four is Crow Salvation. I believe leave man who could fucking care the crow four is with edward furlong david boreanis and tara reed and danny treo and it's fucking abysmal and uh, how listen- have we not done it on this show with that fucking <laughs> cast listen to the fucking cast dude maybe that's the one we do uh just just one last comment about halo 4 since since it came up uh my quick soapbox moment that game could have been really good if they didn't just assume everyone read the books that that's all i'll say oh like halo wasn't like halo 5 too i was like who the fuck are these people oh five yeah five (laughs) actually is what i'm specifically talking about four was actually better than five but anyway i don't want to get on a halo fucking debate here welcome to video game hour i'm Connor mcgraw this is hunter davenport and and arlene harrow (laughs) (laughs) i can give exactly zero shits about halo um don't care sure i like it I hope the new one's good. So yeah, the score in this movie fucking rules, by the way. And it's by two different dudes. Um the first guy is Daniel Licht. Um and Ew. he actually he licked my balls. No. Wow, that that was He's almost gissing ver- your balls. Gissing my balls. What was that? Uh, uh not uh Inspector Gissing? What was his fucking name? Oh yeah, yeah Gissing. Inspector Gissing. From Rawhead. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> Rawhead's coming up in this movie. Yeah, way back from <laughs> way back to episode <laughs> one. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he scored uh, uh, one of my favorite Monsters episodes, uh, My Zombie Lover, with the chick from uh, The Cosby Show. Not the eldest or the youngest, the right in the middle, I always forget her name. Um, he also scored Necronomicon, which is really awesome, um, which we need to do for the show. It's like an H.P. Lovecraft anthology that has some other ties that I'm going to get into, but specifically, I want to note David Warner is in it. And Jeffrey Combs plays H.P. Lovecraft. Huh. Well, that's pretty cool. It's fucking dope. Yeah, like the role of his fucking, like the role of his dreams, I'm sure. Dude, it's so good. It's really, really good. And I feel like often overlooked. Really good 90s uh, anthology movie. But yeah, Children of the Corn 3, Hellraiser Bloodline, Thinner, Bad Moon, one of my favorite fucking werewolf movies. Uh,. And then it's also scored by this guy, Chris Stone, who did uh, the music for all the Dragon's Lair games. Oh, cool. Um, and all of the Phantasm movies, save for the first one. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's notable because the Phantasm 2 theme specifically is like one of my favorite horror themes because the first movie has great music, but the second one adds that just that, that hint of percussion. And you're like, yeah. oh, now this is perfect. 
Yeah, man, he did two, three, four, uh, and Ravager. Oh man, Ravager is fucking cool. I don't know if anybody's here has seen that yet, but I haven't seen it yet. It's really fucking interesting and wild and ambitious, and I really love it despite its uh, budgetary shortcomings. He's also did some animated shit. Well, he also did the Swamp Thing TV series, which I need to revisit because I used to love that as a kid. <laughs> but he did some animated shit. Uh, Felix the Cat, the movie, and fucking Tailspin. Oh, wow. That that show where Baloo was like, I'm just going to go start a cargo freight business. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hang out with Mowgli anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, that was it, right? All the animals just be- started wearing clothes and flying yeah. <laughs> just Mowgli's got it right. We should go be people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, little britches went and been a person, so I guess I'll do the same. Worked for him. All right, then. Bagheera. Okay, so... <laughs> um, And also, on effects, we got Doug Beswick. Okay. This man's beginnings were with fucking Rick Baker on Octoman. He's done work on Star Wars, The first, uh, New Hope, uh, American Werewolf in London, The Howling, Ghostbusters, wow. um, Empire Strikes Back, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Nightmare on Elm Street 5, Darkman, Drop Dead Fred, Terminator, oh. Aliens, Trick or Treat. Specifically, the speaker effects, like when Sammy Kerr's coming out of the fucking wow. speaker. Ooh. Yeah. Evil Dead 2, Beetlejuice, Dr. Madrid, Cabin Boy, Blade, all three of Connor's Pulse remakes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, hold on. There's more than one? Yeah, there's like three of them. Uh, I want to scrub my skin off until I bleed. I hate this. And he did Feast 1 and 2, visual effects. He's done visual effects and makeup effects, so there's like a mixed bag there. And then we have fucking Brian Yuzna producing this, okay? Do you guys know who Brian Yuzna is? Of course I do. He's the guy whose name pops up first in every reanimator movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, because he produced a lot of that shit. <laughs> and then he directed but he d- three and four. He Yeah, he directed Brighter Reanimator and uh, Beyond Reanimator. Uh, the, fuck, the Dentist, The Dentist 2, Society, which I love. Um, and he directed a segment in the Necronomicon movie that I was just talking about. But yeah, I mean, this guy's produced all kinds of shit. From Beyond, Dolls, Warlock, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, you say? Oh yeah, we'll get to that shit in a second. <laughs> I can't wait. The Giver, Silent Night, Daily Night 5. Ooh, which yes. we may or may not be doing this year for uh, Trashing Through the Snow. Maybe. Um, Return of Living Dead 3. Um, it, it just like a ton of great films. And this is no exception. <laughs> right? I would say the, the back to the effects, like in this movie, the people who worked in it. Like, if you watch this film or have seen it before, like you know for if you've seen it, the effects speak for themselves. Um, it's all fantastic. Uh, the the tick puppets and this are so good. Oh, it's so good. So let's uh, crunch the plot. Um, let's get let's get crunchy with it. Uh, so this movie is about a bunch of troubled teens who get escorted off to the wilderness to be better troubled teens. Um, by a man named Chuck and his mistress. Question mark. What even is Holly? <laughs> I don't know. Um, she's the mom from Pinocchio's Revenge. That's who she is. <laughs> she's supposedly in charge, by the way. Um, uh, to go, I guess, like rehabilitate them or try to get them away from the things that kind of trigger them or make them kind of behave, you know, inappropriately. Uh, and just kind of air them out and, you know, it, just give them something to do to not get themselves in trouble. And in the midst of this, a bunch of uh, uh, illegal marijuana growers uh, 
and Clint Howard. Is he in their troop? Oh, yeah. I don't think so. I We'll get to it. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, Clint Howard is uh, creating some kind of synthetic herbal steroid they use for these marijuana plants, and they uh, infect the local tick population, which grow into these fucking horrific uh like palm sized insects that uh can do some serious damage um and it's at that from that point it's kind of like evil dead 2 with ticks and even like the mummy you thought those scabbard beetles were bad wait till you see one of these motherfuckers coming at you yeah these things are fucking huge they make awful sounds oh man there ain't a lick of cg in this motherfucker no. there's some compositing but no cg <laughs> yeah yeah we got this wonderfully spooky warehouse montage Man, I love it. it. Again, this is one of those things that kind of harken back to um, Hellraiser 2, like when they're going through the hallways and shit. There's a lot of that kind of shit. Yeah. Anytime, all the horror in this movie is very atmospheric and spooky, and I think that it really works to its benefit. The lighting's really good in this, too. Oh, God, the lighting is so good. We got blues and greens and and, and fog and, and cobwebs and fucking machinery. We, like, it feels like a little bit like Tetsuo with color for a little yeah. bit. I was, I was thinking about Edward Scissorhands, you know, that fucking girder and pulley system he's on in the beginning of the film. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even, like a yeah. ratty fucking beat up version of that in somebody's mm-hmm. barn. Um, They make, they do such a good job of making this whole scene really creepy. And it's basically just to show you kind of Clint Howard's kind of operation he's got going. And it's like, it, everything is like jerry rigged. And it's like, there's a fuck, there's even a fucking hamster like running one of the machines like it, in a wheel. It's a, it's a rat. And I was bothered by this. <laughs> is it a rat? I thought it was a hamster. I'm pretty sure it's a rat. Yeah. Either way. Small uh, mammal. Rodent. You're mad either I'm, way. I'm mad either way. <laughs> he's mean to the rodents. Um, <laughs> sweatshop for the rodents making weed stop hurting my little boys <laughs> so basically like we we see the all these contraptions and and the hydroponic system for all this weed but it, like there's this runoff from the hydroponic system which causes like this toxic waste green shit that again has some kind of herbal steroid in it but it like it oozes out like some kind of uh like nuclear waste right like some kind of toxic waste it's, runoff it's yeah it's runoff um and if you if not to dive digress but if people want to see a great fucking horror movie that has a similar premise go watch the bay oh the bay is excellent it is about chicken steroid runoff that gets in the chesapeake bay and infects some of the aquatic life and it's one of the freakiest fucking movies i've ever seen I will not say anything more because doing so will ruin the experience. <laughs> you should go, uh, you know, watch The Suckling, another film where uh, radioactive waste falls on a uh, embryo, I guess we'll refer to it as, and transforms it. But, you know, of course, in that case, we got the prepubescent mutant ninja baby. You know yeah. what? Yeah. And you know what? I think that this toxic waste is the same toxic waste that gets put into barrels and stored at beaches where little boys get into them and become beings. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's possible. In Idaho. We kind of talked about this on our Willies episode. We know Spivey from the Willies and Clint Howard are working together in some capacity. Spivey's right down the fucking road, man. Um, This movie reminds me of, like, Carnosaur a lot. <laughs> as far as... And it feels like it, too. Like, atmospherically, it feels like it. But anyway, so we see this fucking green shit drop down through this floorboards, and it spills all over this tick egg, I guess. I, yeah. I don't know a fucking thing about tick, like... 
husbandry, I guess, if you want to call it that, or, like, their breeding methods, but sure, why not? It's probably accurate, but if it's not, who's going to call them on it? The t- okay, so we all know how big ticks are. Now imagine, like, their eggs. This thing is, like, the size of a fucking golf ball at the at the moment. Yeah. So that shit's been spewing all over that for quite a while, I think. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, and then we cut to uh, L.A., baby. Fucking Danny Glover's there. He's fighting the Scorpio. <laughs> uh, and then some rap song goes, push it to the, push it to the, push it to the limit. <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin's there. Rumpelstiltskin's oh no! There. Oh my God! So Predator Two, Rumpelstiltskin, and Ticks all happen at the same time. <laughs> Seth Green passes by the police officers right before they get shot. Oh man! He drives past the fucking antique shop. Drives past fucking Danny Glover fighting the Scorpio. Yeah, and then gets dropped off under a fucking bridge. We see Shelly's husband, you know, go after that guy who tries to rob the car, and he gets shot. But we didn't see in the sidelines. Was uh, you know, was Rumpelstiltskin in a trench coat uh, <laughs> with a revolver in his hand, and you know Donald Pleasance comes out of a bush and yells, "He shot him six times!" <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Rumpelstiltskin takes like snorts a line of coke, and he's like, "Rumpel is ready, my kind of Scorpio, <laughs> my kind of drugs." Loomis came put sentences together because he watched someone else shoot someone six times. He's like, "What the?" <laughs> stole my gimmick he like he's like voyeuristic he's like pantomiming at his like erect penis like i'm sorry i just i can't help it i saw it happen and i'm not i'm upset about it but i can't control my body he's just doing that he's just like he's just gesturing at him he's like so offended he's like the fuck you took my it's my thing like he's got a kink now he like has to go see people get shot six times to get off i shoot the people six times i'm the one who shoots he has to go to like therapy over it (laughs) well he's going to the retreat too he'll he's hiding in the bushes to go see a Seth, get your ass out of here. Because <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin shot a cop six times. <laughs> so yeah, Seth Green, he's dropped off. He's playing Tyler Burns. Yes, but uh, I will quickly forget that. So he's just going to be Seth Green this entire episode. <laughs> oh, he's going to be Seth Green, yeah. Seth, like, here's the thing. Seth Green is a fucking vampire, first of all, because he looks the same in every fucking movie he's ever been in. Ah! Uh- I, there's that one really bad teen comedy where he's wearing like the fucking goggles and in that like steampunk uniform or whatever that was supposed to be. Oh, oh, can't hardly wait. Can't hardly wait. Yeah, I love can't hardly wait. It's a good movie. He he looks like an idiot in that though. Sure, I think that's well, that's his character. Yeah, his character's supposed to be a fucking. He's supposed to be a moron. I did I did like his uh, his heel turn in the final Austin Powers movie where he finally like does turn evil and he's fucking like balding and everything <laughs> he looks terrible i love it <laughs> it's pretty great but yeah his um so tower's uh character thing is i think he gets introduced here is like he was uh abandoned in the woods by his drunk father well you don't find out it was his drunk dad till later but like the the movie kind of tries to seed it like yeah you know dad thinks this is good for you so you got to do it but then when you find out like he has trauma because his dad went on a bender later on in the film you're like oh yeah yeah well as soon as he gets dropped off like he finds like this basketball hoop and he's clutching it and I think they overlay that with uh, scenes of him like holding onto a tree for dear life yeah it's pretty it's they they do it well uh, he's got like agoraphobia yeah right yeah um and then uh and then the uh, the Carlton signal uh, hits the sky <laughs> <laughs> yo somebody called me. God damn, this scene is so funny looking because, like, there's, okay, so Tyler, Seth Green is, like, is hugging this basketball hoop, and he's, like, it's kind of an intense scene, and after a few seconds of this, they cut over, and standing in between two fucking pillars, with this trench coat (laughs) flowing in the fucking wind, and a basketball on his hoop, and it's like... (laughs) 
Alfonso Ribeiro. There you go. Carlton from fucking Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with a backwards hat, sunglasses, a basketball hoop, and a trench coat looking like the most 90s uh, streetwise thug you'll ever see in your life. Um, and he hops down from his fucking his superhero perch. Well, they're under like a bridge, like they're in yeah. the, under an overpass. Yeah, um, and just starts fucking with Seth Green immediately. M- mind you, before he walks up, Seth Green is just like left there with his bags, and his dad peels off without waiting for another adult or person to show up. Yeah. <laughs> just he just leaves. leaves them under this fucking bridge. Who? Organize this meeting place. Why are we meeting on the outskirts of town under a fucking bridge? Dude, I'm telling you, the second dad pulled away, he popped open that fucking glove uh, box and pulled out a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> he sure did. Going to work on that construction site? Fucking baby's day out? It's down the road. <laughs> He's the guy that fell asleep? Yeah, that's why. They- <laughs> Makes sense to me. He's also the guy who got drunk and fucking dropped the uh, the Wishmaster uh, statue <laughs> on that guy. And crushed dead Raimi's. <laughs> yeah. um, you're right, Connor. Panic comes out, and he's immediately intimidating Seth Green, like getting in his face and, and trying to. He, he's basically trying to get a read on Seth Green, but Seth is just like freaked out. That was that's his big introduction, man. He's like he's like, all right, Holmes, we're gonna play some ball, and he's like, you make a fucking shot, you live. You don't, you don't. And he's like, they call me Panic because I'd never do. <laughs> what about you? What a strange naming convention. Like, like they call me this thing because I don't ever do it. It's ironic. You get it? Yeah. No, you're, it's like, first of all, um, Seth Green is uh, distracted by previous trauma. But, like, I think anyone else would be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm going to feed you to my dog. And it's just like this cute little pup. <laughs> it's this fucking adorable border collie. Like, <laughs> His name's Daryl. Daryl Panic Lumley. Oh god! And the, yeah, the dog's name is is Brutus. Well, then Seth he makes the first shot, no problem. And he's like, "All right, so am I free to go?" He's like, oh, "I wasn't watching. Do it again." And he's like, "Okay," shoots it again, made it in again. Oh, you were lucky. <laughs> Shoot it a third time, <laughs> and then the the van pulls up, and Seth is like, "Fuck this, double or nothing." <laughs> Do you think Connor? You just put this in my head because you said he looks like a superhero or he's like Batman. What if Alfonso Ribeiro was Blade? <laughs> Dude. I kinda, you know what? After this movie, I kind of want it. Like, I mean, it's, I'm kind of into it's it. It's super... <laughs> okay. Here's the thing with superhero movie casting. You don't know if it doesn't work until it happens. I, I don't know. Heath, Heath Ledger. Uh, Robert Pattinson is Batman. Alfonso Ribeiro is Blade. Why not? <laughs> I don't think Alfonso would do a good Blade, though. <laughs> He's played in the MDU now. Yes, he is. For sure. Oh, my God. He's a daywalker. Oh, yeah. He, he is the daywalker. He is the daywalker, right? Yeah. This is an elaborate... This whole movie's elaborate ruse to fake his death. <laughs> I think it might be. We'll get to it. Come on. Vampires drink blood. Ticks drink blood. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, well, he ascends and becomes Blade. Uh, yeah. Uh, he God. descends. Who, de- ah, yes. Are the wizards making the decisions? Because who ascended them? Well... We're not really clear on that. There's probably some higher being in the MDU that we haven't even discovered yet. We haven't identified the MDU's specter or monitor yet, okay? That's the problem. You can't have evil without good, and we all know who the epitome of evil is in the in the universe. We've got, we've got so much evil. <laughs> There's a lot of evil. Well, you know, John Hurt is, you know, the epicenter of all that. Yeah. Yes. And then right next to him is... <laughs> <laughs> GVD carrying out the shit. Well, she she straddles the line. She's like the line on the. Uh... Yeah, she boy does she straddle it. No, nope. <laughs> she jumps from party to party. She fucks whoever. 
whenever. Just because she fucks him doesn't mean she's uh, ambivalent. It's, it's how she sustains herself. Right? <laughs> she's still evil. Yeah. <laughs> she definitely hangs out with the wizards more, but if John hurts pain more. When she's... Okay, so what is her brothel like the John Wick Hotel? Like, when she's in there, like, everything's like, you know... Everything puts it puts on pause. <laughs> she, she can like fuck whoever. <laughs> the rules yeah. are everyone must be nude, but no one can shoot each other. Yeah, you can't kill each other on this property. Just take off your pants. Don't kill each other. Do it outside, out front. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, the van rolls up, and and we are packed to the gills with with folks. Um. Rosalind Allen is the first one we see. She plays Holly Lambert. Um. She's the mom in Pinocchio, Pinocchio's Revenge, which we need to get to. Yes. It was on the fucking slate this year, but, uh, um, you know, shit happens. Got shuffled around. Next year, definitely. Um, and then fucking Peter Scolari's there. Yes. Charles, and he plays Charles Danson, or Chuck, rather. He he reminds me of, like, a discount, uh, oh, goddamn, what's his name? He plays Death in um, uh, Bill and Ted. Um, Bill Sadler. Yes, he reminds me of a discount Bill Sadler. Uh, kind of. I was going to say he reminds me of a discount Rick Moranis because he played Wayne Zielinski on the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids TV show. Did he fucking really? He sure did. Do you know I totally forgot about that series? Did you know I didn't know that that was a thing until right now? Oh, no, I used to I used to watch it, dude. <laughs> I used to watch it all the time. I did not know that was a fucking thing. That was like an ABC family, John. Exactly. <sighs> the, what's, what blows my mind is that it ran for three fucking seasons. Oh, my God, what? Yeah, 66 episodes, I think I read. Hannibal was canceled after two. <laughs> well, it wasn't on ABC family. My favorite Netflix show got canceled after four episodes. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> and then the queen herself, Amy Dolans, steps out. She plays Dee Dee Davenport in this film. With Rome as they screech up in a separate vehicle that I guess they just left there under an overpass. Okay, so Amy Dolans' character is, like, rich. And her boyfriend, Rome, uh, says, like, her dad, like, bought two of them or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I got this, we got, we got this fucking car from a dad or whatever. What do you say? He goes, he goes, her dad said I could have it if I drive back to Mexico. <laughs> and then he looks at Seth Green. And he's like, do I look Mexican to you? And Seth Green goes, well, yeah. And that's the joke, I guess. The banter between all the kids in this movie is fucking perfect. Oh, it's, it's um, great. Uh, especially um, Alphonse and Seth. Those two have chemistry good enough i wish i saw them more shit together oh for sure yeah they, every everybody works really well together uh p.s uh we have a interview dropping with amy dolan's um and that's gonna be dropping on monday after this drops and she's fucking lovely and i've had a good time talking to her and then it turned out that she and i actually share um a professional career uh, don't spoil it yeah let them listen <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, she's lovely, and yeah, look out for that. But they, but but that's what I'm saying though. They they all pile into the van. So what happened with that convertible? <laughs> they just abandoned it there. Yeah, yeah, they totally. I thought you meant they found it there. No, yeah, yeah, they just left it there. Oh no, yeah. Here's what happened. They drove off, and like seven car thieves came up and strip mined that thing down to its fucking. It's like it's it's on like two blocks. And it's just like a pile of, like a pile of sticks. That's it. Like that's what I'm saying. Like 
do it, they just met under a bridge on the outskirts of town like there's no parking lot or like it's not like a fucking bus station or like a train station like it, like an off-duty pit crew came and just stripped that thing down <laughs> oh yeah it's gone yeah it's not like they met in a parking garage or at the airport or some shit scorpio's got some new rims dude tony randall was like hey we can save a lot of money by just filming this in this empty lot next to the fucking highway <laughs> let's do it and by not taking the convertible with us yeah, yeah, exactly, Connor, without keeping the convertible. T- well, they, you know, the thing is, they only want one fucking way to get away at the end. They only need one vehicle. If they have two, that creates problems. Also, I wouldn't want to be in that situation with a convertible. Well, you know, and you could have created a cool situation with the convertible, with the ticks involved, but it didn't happen. Uh, so, yeah, we cut back to Clint Howard making his fucking tea. It's it's top-notch tea. <laughs> his top-notch fucking glass. <laughs> um, And we, we get, like, a little exposition here about, like, how there's like a guy in the radio because for whatever reason there's like a british guy on his radio well and you it's know like, why why because tony randall is an aficionado of shortwave radio so this was his little nod towards it oh is it really i'm i, I don't know that for a fact but i did read <laughs> that he likes shortwave radio so i'm guessing that's why it's in here i don't know i made that up he's a big ham radio fan okay so yeah they have to have clint howard adjust the fucking uh speaker and then he's and then it's literally a radio report about hey yeah people selling weed it's bad they're they're working on traps to hurt you the devil's lettuce but it's from london yeah it's like hey across the pond in california they're making uh weed and shit and they're using uh illegal means to make it or whatever meanwhile clint howard's fixing a bear trap he's like yeah but we only get we get six percent of our profits in a jumbo cd wish i had health benefits but i'm just making weed this guy is surrounded by bear traps the same way fucking sideshow bob was surrounded by rakes like no wonder this guy gets you know what happens to him dude he has one of those feather fucking earrings in (laughs) he totally does he is dressed the gills in this fucking movie as you know this ridiculous caricature he's playing. I love it. Caricature? I thought it was just, that just Clint Howard. Yeah, that's just Clint Howard. Clint just, he just showed up on set. <laughs> he's like, okay, Clint, we're coming over to shoot you. I'm, I brought my synthetic marijuana lab with me. You brought what? He's like Clue Gulliger in fucking Uninvited. He just came in with the uh, teeth in that movie, and uh, Clint just came in with the earring, and they just rolled with it. <laughs> and the marijuana lab. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. You know, they wanted to smoke some after the production was over. Also, I'm not sure if this movie is like, actually, I, I'm lying. I know for a fact this movie's like anti-marijuana because it's constantly talked about in a negative light, this entire picture. Well, it's, it's also like, without getting into like, you know, spoiling the, the finale, but like, it's also the catalyst for lots of bad shit happening to people. Yeah. Um, without like, you know, without even being consumed, like just the... Pr- the presence of it is bad news. It's not necessarily the weed itself. It's who's trying to capitalize on it. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, it's it, it's weird. It's it's definitely used as a major plot point. Like Connor said, it's kind of hard to go deep on it so far. Like as we yeah. get further into this movie, it'll be easier to talk about. But I just want to note that now because it's like what a weird thing to fucking like hang on to in 1993 because we go back to the fucking van traveling down the road and I guess they pull over to take, like, a piss break. Yeah, the car just, like, gets a flat, and they just pull over to this gas station. Oh, oh, I missed that. I was like, why the fuck did they pull over? Well, because first they pull over, and they're just bullshitting. 
and uh, Panic's like, oh, oh, my dog has measles. I know dogs should get measles. Can they get measles? And I thought for like half a second it was going to be one of those things that we've joked about on this show before where like someone just noticed their dog has nipples. <laughs> yeah, the cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I Have I told that story in the show before? No. Um, yeah, I don't know if dogs can get measles, but they can get like, um, they can certainly have some kind of like allergic reaction to like vaccines or something. Um, sure. I don't know what he would be talking about, though. Well, like, it was a tick. It was a tick, man. Okay, that's right. Yeah, a regular tick. It's uh, it's just it, no. It's just one of Brutus's. It's one of Brutus's nipples. <laughs> it just came off. So so he says, oh, he's got measles, and Seth is, goes, oh no, it's just a tick. And I don't know where he gets this. Maybe he just had it in his pocket, but he pulls out like part of a tissue or some shit. And he's like, yeah, hey, you got a lighter on you? He's like, yeah, my grandpa always said you can't squash these things. You got to burn them. And it's this little tiny ass tick he lights on fire, and it's like he just squished a fucking grape as it sprays all over him and Alfonso's face. Um. Okay. Here's the thing about that. Um. So we pulled a tick off of a puppy, not very big, um, uh, probably the size of this thing, and um, somebody in the room, I won't say who, grabbed a uh, one cc syringe, drew up some peroxide, and poked this thing. Uh, and it fucking exploded. <laughs> um, well, you pumped it full of peroxide. <laughs> well, yeah. Here's the, they, but the thing is, they do pop. They, 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 right. even with fire and stuff like that, because they are kind of like, they do gorge. And like, sure. having seen enough of them, like on dogs and shit like that, um, some, there's gonna be some weird veterinary stuff, uh, probably on this episode for me, just because like, we do see them and like, I've seen. I've seen enough of them on an animal to the point where it looks like they're covered in small masses, but they're covered in ticks. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, like, someone, yeah, someone, I think, brought a pit bull in that we saw that was like, yeah, he's got these weird tumors. And we're like, those aren't <laughs> tumors, dude. Those are dumb ticks ass. hanging from your dog's fucking ears. Um, but yeah, they will, they, they will kind of, they, they'll sizzle and pop. Um, but also, the, 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 this lighter thing was imparted on me and like, Boy Scouts or some shit like this. I'd yeah. Like, I've always known that ticks should be removed with fire. Well, you can't squish them, right? If if the listeners don't know, they're not easy to squish. That's for sure. They're not easy to squish, and pulling them off is ill advised because if you leave the head, um, they don't they don't necessarily you know everyone's like, I think like the wives tale is like they're still bite you. It's like they're not biting you, but they will cause like inflammation and infection if you leave the head because the teeth are still embedded in your skin. Right. Yes. So yeah, but yeah, like fire is the best weapon against ticks, and I do love that. That is a big thing in this fucking movie, and and it's a casual way of bringing it up like it doesn't feel like it's shoehorned in there it's like no they're in the fucking woods this guy's from the city his dog got a tick he's never seen it before well yeah that too yeah they finish whatever they're doing here fixing the tire taking a leak what have you and they go to this gas station and everyone goes into the gas station i guess to get supplies or just to stretch their feet except for panic and seth green oh is it yeah and then panic starts like he starts sifting through when stuff <laughs> yeah because he, he goes through rome stuff and he finds um Okay, he finds what he calls blues. They're fucking steroids. Yeah, bag of steroids. He says steroids. Now, having been from a certain part of New Jersey, I don't know blues as steroids. I know blues as uh, oxycodone. Um, and that's what <laughs> yes. this shit looks like. It looked like fucking uh, opiates. The weirdest thing is that he pockets them, and he's like, I'll save those guys for later. And I'm like... Save these guys for later. Yeah. What, why are you saving steroids? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, what are you going to do with them? It'll make more sense later when it happens. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. Also, with his character, I imagine, like, he was going to definitely uh, sell those as soon as he got back. 
because probably he, makes sense. I'm, like I'm sure he knows someone who'd be like, "Yeah, I'll take this off you." Um, he also steals his condoms, which is a funny, <laughs> way oh, funny. Well, those aren't Rome's condoms; those are Chuck's. That's Wayne Zelinsky's fucking party hats there. <laughs> oh, party hats! Party hats! Um, yeah, he steals Chuck's like fucking sack of like 37 condoms like chuck what the fuck were you thinking about doing dude he's he's gonna fucking slam it to holly man dude like his it's like he brought these kids as like a cover like <laughs> to fuck that's what it. it feels like right that seems very elaborate to me but okay yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna open up an entire uh wayward teen recovery program so i can slam this one woman well, then Seth, Seth, he makes this really fucking, like, borderline racist comment to Panic. He goes, hey, uh, Panic, uh, you ever kill anybody? <laughs> and Alfonso turns to him like, what are you fucking kidding me? He's like, yeah, I've killed as many, pi-. he's like, I've killed as many people as chicks you fucked. He's like, oh, that many? <laughs> it's a good gag. And Alfonso just looks at him like, you fucking joker. Well, I, I think I think one of he's like, you ever kill anybody? And Alfonso goes, what kind of question is that? Like, <laughs> And yeah, then we go inside the fucking shop where uh, Melissa's looking at this, this, this fucking notice board that just has like marijuana spelt really weird and huge lettering. <laughs> yeah, it's all fucked up. Marijuana. And it just says marijuana is the assassin of the youth. And then we're introduced to Jerry. Oh, this creepy fuck. Man, this guy is fucking disgusting. You know when that you know when we say like walking fart? Like this dude's a walking fart. This guy is like, okay, he is a walking version of like, you know when you're like you're a kid and you wipe your sleeve too many times on your nose? <laughs> and it sure. just like and maybe it's cold outside and it gets a little crusty. Like that's that. He, Jerry is that, but as a person, a constant grease stain. Yes, like yeah, yeah like you, like it just like something smells like yeast. Oh, it's just Jerry. He's here. <laughs> yeah, he's like a crumpled fucking booze bag in the gutter. Yeah, he's he's a gross paper bag you see sticking out of the fucking dumpster. <laughs> I should stop exactly. drinking these strong bugs. I'm getting very mean. <laughs> he immediately grabs Melissa by the back of the neck and is like, "Hey, honey, how you look? You, you look good." She's like, "I need some penicillin." <laughs> Well, well, yeah, he's, like, hitting on her, and then from, like, around the corner, you hear a voice go, all right, Jerry, leave the girl alone. Manners, Jerry. And, the, and then not Gary Busey enters the movie. <laughs> Barry Lynch. Yeah, Barry Lynch. Fucking Hess. Uh, reincarnated from his time uh, featured in Demonic Toys after he was killed by... Uh, <laughs> by Baby Oopsie Daisy. <laughs> oh, no, who was it, Jack that killed his ass? And the robot. He gets fucked up heavy duty. He gets oopsie daisy, stabs him in the dick, I think. No, that was Charnetsky. Well, either way, he's back, and uh, I think he's looking for Charnetsky. Personally, he's trying to get revenge on the man who could have saved his life, but he was too busy watching fucking Puppet Master on the TV and chomping down <laughs> on some chicken. Bullshitting with Mark, not paying attention to the monitors. Fucking, he, that demon kills, all those demonic toys kill his ass, and I guess what, he got a second chance? Comes back in a fucking trench coat with an ascot? And he's a drug dealer. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just, I, I had to think about the beginning of that movie because I forgot there's, like, extra criminals and shit. Yeah, he's the guy who's like, bang, bang, you know. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Because in this movie, he is, like, he's very nearly aggressively Predator 2 Gary Busey. <laughs> he's he's just, like, he's just, I don't know what it is, but he's like, I, 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 the whole fucking time. Well, side note, this is going to blow your mind. Who was originally going to play this character and I forget if it said they had passed away or they were doing another movie, but David Gale originally <gasps> was going to play this part. Oh, that would have been amazing. That would have been great. God, like, the performance would be so much different. But, like, 
he's just like chronosing the whole time. <laughs> oh my god. Could you imagine David Gale in a fucking ascot? Yeah. Being like, call me sir. Call me sir. <laughs> Six to twelve minutes. <laughs> so so yeah, Hess, aka Barry Lynch, is back in the MDU. Reincarnated, we're not sure how. We're not you again, we don't know who comes to these decisions if there's some entity in charge of this all or if it's all random we don't know every time we say we don't know how john hurt skirts across the sky like the sky like santa claus in baby and just like laughs <laughs> i think this was a john hurt thing right because he's a bad guy yeah he's evil yeah yeah i, th- I think anyone who's like, just overtly scummy in these in all of our movies are just definitely john hurt henchman in some capacity he's definitely opposite charnetsky right like he's looking for charnetsky yeah oh yeah with his fucking comb brushing his hair every five seconds <laughs> they have these weird him and just real quick him and jerry have this weird dynamic where like he's like daddy and jerry's like you know, he always calls him, like, makes Jerry call him sir and shit like that. Yeah, right. And some other shit we'll talk about later. And uh, Jerry has a whip, by the way. <laughs> Tack that on. Yeah, it's very, um, it's very, it's, uh, kind of like a weird fucked up George and Lenny situation. He's like a hobo Indiana Jones. Yeah. I was gonna say, he does look like the sad clown without makeup. <laughs> yeah, he sure looks like Red Skelton <laughs> yes. with a whip. Yes. Uh, so we cut the Clint Howard fucking smoking a bone. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's not fucking around. And he uh, he's going to check on his weed machine, and he finally realizes that the thing that all the chemical waste is pouring into is essentially empty and has leaked through the entire floor. Yeah. And he's like, ah, fuck. And then, like, we hear this, uh, I'm telling you, this sound we hear, okay, so spoilers, uh, the, we don't see the ticks yet, but it eats uh, the hamster slash rat. And it makes the same exact sound as one of the uh, aberrations when it dies. Uh, Wouldn't be the only thing this movie has in common with aberration. What's up? Well, yeah, that too. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get to that. That's a good back-to-back. Yeah, I think so. But but Clint Howard just, like, grabs this mutilated fucking animal and just goes, Dude, uh," what does he say? You're all messed up. (laughs) Yeah, dude, you're all messed up. And, like, doesn't think anything beyond that. And then a fucking tick runs over his foot. Now, when these things... Okay, so all of the tick... Most of the tick motion, I'm almost positive, is all stop motion composited. This one in particular is just creepy because when these fucking things run around, they're super fast and they zoom across the scene. Yeah. And they make this, like, clacky sound when they run. Man, it's creepy. Here's the thing. Ticks are technically arachnids. um, Right. Because they have eight legs. And they have um, these, like... So one, they have like you know extra pair of legs. Two, they're these particular ticks have these extremely sharp, pointy fucking uh, like I'm not sure what exactly you call like the ends of the legs on arachnids, but like they're basically spikes, essentially. Yeah. Um, they're mm-hmm. extremely sharp, and every, yeah, and every, like you said, every time they walk across something, it goes like. It's fucking. It's creepy. It's like those clackers you used to have as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then when they when they when they're gnashing their their uh, mandibles at people, it makes a similar sound. And like, I think the sound design of the t- of the ticks themselves are awesome. Uh, the sound design of this movie is fantastic uh, in general. Yeah, they also have the ability similar to the cat and uninvited, but not exactly the same. That when they bite you, you start hallucinating. Yeah, they don't poison you per se, but like. Well, we'll get to it. Yeah. So, scares the shit out of Clint Howard, and he, like, turns around and accidentally steps into a bear trap that he was setting up? Fuck this. Ugh. <laughs> this is- okay, 
I want to just preface it with the fact that, like, so on this weed farm, they have, like, booby traps that they set around the farm. So, like, people trying to steal the weed don't come in and steal it, right? That's what. That's why he has that bear trap. No, yeah, 100%. And that's why, you know, he hears the news report talking about that, and he makes, like, some snide comment. Um, getting trapped in a bear trap is, uh, like, Connor's Irrational Fear number 74, whatever the fuck. Is that, like, Tony with his eye thing? You have a thing with the foot? In a bear trap? <laughs> no, I have a thing with being marooned and or stuck in a situation where, like, it's like, I'm just going to die here. Uh, like, <laughs> like, like being like, uh, like being lost out in the ocean. So your foot's in a bear trap in the middle of the ocean on a raft. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> oh, my God. Covered in creepy crawlies. One, you've basically attached an anchor to me um, <laughs> and you've broken my leg. I can't swim. Uh, <laughs> I'm in a raft. You can't swim? No, I can swim. I can't oh. swim with a bear trap attached to my leg. It's buoyant, right? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> with all that horrible shit happening to you, you still have a better chance of surviving than Clinton Howard, who is now on the ground, writhing in pain. And then he looks up, and there's all these fucking clutches of tick eggs that just start falling to the ground, like, around his head. Oh, man. He gets a, he gets a fucking face plant. <laughs> That fucking thing. Dude, that's a high-ass roof, too. Yeah. Right? So, like, what? Like, 20 feet off the ceiling onto your face? That barn is huge. I guess what I'm saying is, Connor, even in that perilous situation Joe is uh, hypothetically putting you in, you still have a better chance of surviving than Clint Howard does in this movie. <laughs> it's true. Well, well yeah, because I'm not, I'm not about to be assaulted by, like, you know, 70 aggressive face huggers. This, too, yeah. You can eat the foot, too, that falls off of you. I would say uh, this barn could uh, could definitely house, like, at least eight pin uh, pumpkin heads who are backbreakering various rednecks. <laughs> It's full of fucking weather vanes. <laughs> the fucking spiders from Venezuela are in the are in the corner from arachnophobia. Imagine that happened too. Like it, it, uh, Clint Howard gets stuck in the bear trap. Like there's ticks all around him, and Pumpkinhead just wanders in, picks him up, just backbreakers him, just walks away <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> for no reason, just because. Just fucking adds insult to injury. The critters roll in. They take a couple bites out of him. He just he just he just looks like one of the people who might have pushed him to that fucking mine shaft. Yeah, right. He, yeah, he looks like you're one of the Red Wings. Question mark. Ah. Crack. The master of the backbreaker. <laughs> so while Clint's being eviscerated by ticks off camera, we uh, we finally arrive at this fucking cabin. Camp Madeline. You think that's right next to the, mos- the camp in Mosquito? Probably. Um, probably. At least in the MDU. I made the Evil Dead reference because like, I'm like, man, there's a Necromonica in that fucking house somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, the special. Well, we're jumping ahead too much. <laughs> Because it's going to come up soon. <laughs> but uh, we, we have them all start getting out of the car, and immediately everyone's complaining. Um, Rome goes, uh, this is worse than the projects. Don't tell me we've got to sleep in this dump. And then Panic goes, he's like, he goes, ah, give me a dark alley over this place anytime. This place is too quiet. It's too damn quiet. And I'm like, isn't that what you want? Don't you want a little peace? Um, not what's not when it makes it comfortable, you know what I mean? It's like my cousin Vinny. Yeah, here's the thing with Panic, too. Like, everything that his character does feels super fucking real, especially coming up soon. But yeah, no, I totally, I, I can see his perspective where he, if he is someone who doesn't have any family and he lives in the streets, like... This level of, of uh, yeah, like, I guess, like, solitude, I guess, and just, like, lack of... Act- it's a culture shock for him. Yeah, it's a lack of activity, because you go from constant stimulation and constant, like, your head's in a swivel to, like, 
there's no perceived danger around me whatsoever. I don't know what to do with myself. Also, Amy Dolan's immediately steps in a puddle in like her nice shoes. <laughs> she also has, there's also like this gag where like, she's got like a ton of fucking uh, luggage and shit that they're hauling into the fucking cabin. She's like Princess Vespa. Well, they may, she gives them all to Rome. Rome's got all the bags. She's like, what am I, the valet? And he turns around, he throws one in the river and Luke Kang's like, good job. <laughs> don't worry. I got it. I got it. it. Well, then we go to, like, the men's cabin or whatever, or, like, their room, and uh, immediately, like, Seth gets the closet that has the fucking tick egg in it. They're like, yeah, we don't want to touch that shit. He pokes it with a fucking hanger, and it just, like, spills shit all over the floor. Rome's like, what the fuck you doing, man? Bag this shit. I can't put my clothes in there. No one stops, and they're like, is that an alien pod? What is that? They're They're just like, ew, gross. Again, like, none of them have been in the woods so they don't know what the fuck it is so so rome's like was that pinecone <laughs> it could it could easily be like a bee's nest for all they know well think about it too like what joe just said you know if they've literally only been in the city their entire life which i guess is the assumption with these kids sure they don't know well for their ass from their elbow out here in the in fucking nature in fact we get some of that evil dead uh <laughs> Uh, stuff right here where Wayne Zielinski himself is talking into a recorder like Dr. Angelo. What the fuck? This is so weird. Real quick, there's this awesome shot. Like, after they after they um, leave the closet with the shit all over the oh, floor, yeah. there's, like, this push-in on this hole in the, in the wall. And, like, this really feels like Hellraiser 2 because, like, it's this great shot. Or even, like, People Under the Stairs, it kind of feels like. It's, like, inside the fucking cabin wall and it's so it like the way it's lit it's all spooky and shit there's fog and there's light coming through like uh partitions in the in the wood and then there's just like an a big ass egg just hanging out inside the wall and there's like light coming through and you can like see a tick inside like moving around it's really cool but yeah but no you said chuck is reading is like talking to a recorder and like oh yeah this is where like i Talking to him about, like, talking about the kids like they're science experiments. He's talking about the kids like science experiments and (laughs) immediately writes off any chance of any of these kids making any progress as people within the first 25 fucking minutes of arriving (laughs) to this cabin. He's like, man. He goes, they all have a common antagonist in this one. Nature. Nature. Even though they've been out here for less than a day and I'm only here to... Fuck this pixie-cut-haired woman. <laughs> I also love how, like, one of the most compelling characters in this group, like, their backstory, is just kind of offhandedly mentioned in this scene. Because it's like he's talking about the Ninja Turtles. Like, April yeah. O'Neil talking about the yeah. Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and he goes, and Kelly... Like, this girl, Kelly, that's just on this trip all of a sudden. She, now you're in the movie, Kelly. Nice to meet you. Because we met everybody except Kelly. Yeah. yeah she was just kind of in a few scenes, and they never yeah. even call her out. No. And she's like, Kelly, she's whatever. We're not going to tell you her backstory now, but maybe she'll get better or whatever. But it was horrifying and fucked up, but we're going to cross. <laughs> we're gonna gloss over that. We're going to imply some things that probably happened to her that are just uh, a little bit too serious for us to actually go into. But uh, long story short, she doesn't talk. But never mind that shit. All these kids are failures. Everybody's really broken up about the antique store fire in the Foot Clan. So let's, <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> Leonardo seemed to take it the hardest. Yeah, babe, Raph's in the tub. <laughs> I got a letter in the mail from my associate, Dr. Angelo. He told me about this guy and his computer. He's <laughs> getting real smart fast, you know. Uh, I, you know, I got the shrink ray in the back pocket. I've been trying to get patented. 
And, uh, you know, it's off to the races. Me or Angela, who's going to get the big patent first? You know, we made that bet in college. Was I going to be a was I going to be a writer and become a school teacher or a multimillionaire genius in my garage making uh, science experiments? Green eggs and ham, dude. Yeah, yeah, we're still we're still looking for the copy of Green Eggs and Ham that is going <laughs> to fucking make me my fortune. P.S. I don't remember if it's Raff in the tub or Leo in the tub. It's different from the film and the comic. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, the shredded dies, though. I know that. Anyway. So, um, oh, just side note, while he's going through all of this, uh, this stuff in his audio recorder, his audio diary, he mentions that the date is 7-18-1993, which is a day after we're dropping this episode. I just thought that was so weird. It was meant to be. Also, much like, uh, much like, uh, uh, fuck, our Thanksgiving, why do I keep forgetting the name of this fucking movie? The, the Thanksgiving slasher movie we watched. Blood Rage. Blood Rage. (laughs) Once in Blood Rage, this is a scene where a character who has some sort of authority narrates into a microphone over a bunch of scenes, and it never happens again. No. They try to add some kind of semblance of, like, what he's trying to do, but it's never really fucking clear, right? Well, it's also it's also immediately undone, like, in a few scenes when, like, what is it, like... In the South Park way, where the kids are all the smartest people in the fucking room all the time. Oh, yeah. Where they, mm-hmm. Well, even Seth yeah. Green makes a joke about that. Yeah. Yeah, they all call him on his bullshit immediately. But he doesn't even try to, like, do anything with the kids. He's always fucking MIA, and it's like, <laughs> well, go out, kids. Go do whatever. I gotta fuck Holly, buddy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think you I think you nailed it, Sean. He's just trying to get the kids out of the cabin yeah. so he can fuck her. <laughs> like, or- He's gotta go through all 37 of those fucking party hats by the end of the weekend. <laughs> I I can only buy a box, all right? So a big one too. Bulk order from BJ's. I got the stamina. I bought that I bought that gas station dick medicine. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be fucking baby. Um so so Seth and Melissa, they go off in the little woods for some reason, I guess to get away from it for a minute. Yeah. And uh he, he reveals his deep dark secret to her. And uh, how he just does poorly out in the woods after something happened with his father years back. And while they're walking around in the woods, she just casually backs up into a tree that has a very clear, large, goopy egg attached to it. Yeah. And he's like, oh, there's something on your back. She's like, you're messing with me. There's nothing on my back. He's like, no, turn around. And it's this thing starts like clawing her back like starts sucking onto her back and shit and she like doesn't react at first he like sticks a fucking stick in it trying to get it off and these jowls come out and bite the fucking stick it's really great (laughs) i think it's like a futurama gag where someone's like i think it's fry or someone like has something on their back and he's like what and they cut away it's like a giant fucking alien scorpion he's like what are you talking about um, yeah, <laughs> and that's what reminded me of. I'm like, I'm like, that tick is like seven inches like in diameter. Yeah, and it's 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 got its fucking legs sticking in yeah. your back, and she's like, she's like, what is it? Get it off! How do you not feel the weight of it? Like, I feel like I could probably not feel all hundred on my body if I went for Leo's fucking challenge, but I definitely <laughs> would feel true. one of these mutated ones. Oh, for sure. Because it's the size of a goddamn softball with giant pincers. This thing would hurt climbing over you to get to something else. Oh, yeah. 
So they knock it off, and it runs off with the stick still fucking stuck in it. Oh, it's great. Slam cut back to Charles, and everybody yells, and and fucking Panic just goes, Hey, Chuck, yeah, these burgers are pretty good, hey! (laughs) These ain't half bad. Fucking Seth rolls up, runs up with uh, Melissa. He's like, do you think we got to get out of here, Chuck? There's a giant bug. We got to leave now. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, we just got here. It's a fucking, it's the nature. It's bugs. What, what, what? And he's like, no, this is different. <laughs> it's gi- it w- not giant ticks, giant ticks. <laughs> and this is where Seth goes, oh, great. Of course. You know, the, one of those situations where the parents don't believe the kids. And he's like, yeah. oh, of course. Fucking Carlton's like, I should have brought a piece, man. <laughs> that yeah and then out of like left field quite literally sir and jerry walk over unannounced <laughs> they sure do have you seen a portly man in a brown robe around these parts <laughs> it have has anybody smelled fried chicken i smelled the burgers i thought it was chicken no no chicken okay by the way uh we saw him slay by in a big old fucking sled and being driven by giant rabbits Oh man, giant ticks are pulling that fucking sled. Yeah, well, they or or the rabbits are fighting off the giant ticks. We're not sure yet. Could be they're Rastabel, dude. Who knows? So he, uh, Sir, starts going to them like, yeah, yeah. Just so you know, you know, you're like in an area that people are selling dope, right? He's like, yeah, you got to be careful out here. And Charlie's like, dope. What kind of dope are we talking about? He's like, marijuana. <laughs> He just keeps like mocking this guy, and he's got this giant shotgun with him, and he's like, and he's like, yeah, casually, yeah, and he just keeps like harassing this these people because like they don't know where the fucking weeds at, right? And they're just like, yeah, make sure you don't accidentally stumble upon it because you know these fucking these farmers will blow your fucking head off. You get me? Meanwhile, as he holds the gun like right up to their head, make sure you don't step on my World War Two era landmines I installed around the woods. <laughs> Yeah, meanwhile, he's got the gun, like, literally in their face as he's combing his hair with the other hand, and he's got his finger on the trigger. I love how, like, Jerry goes to do shit, and he's like, not yet. And that's such a creepy thing, especially, like, later. Oh, yeah, because he keeps looking at Melissa all, like, sick. Yeah, Yeah. it kind of actually reminded me of 28 Days Later, oddly enough, uh, later in that movie when the Eccleston's military boys, like, attack... I think it's uh, the two girls, and he whisked, like, there's a moment where he whispers, he says, slow down, and that always stuck with me, because I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, because your intentions are very clear, you just don't want it to happen yeah. yet. Um, yeah, you're savoring every moment. <laughs> yeah, you're you're waiting, it's like, oh God. So, so we, we cut back to old Clint. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is getting, like, the Home Alone treatment in real oh, time. <laughs> he sure is. He's, he's stepping into every fucking rake that is just... <laughs> He's propped around. He's going. He wakes up to a fucking tick crawling around underneath his shirt. He rips it open and it's underneath his skin. (laughs) And it's running around in his body. Yeah. So he hobbles over to like the shelf and knocks over some egg crates. And he pulls out like a revolver and he's like, God damn it. And he just starts like (laughs) shooting his leg, trying to hit these things. He crawls into his leg and he shoots himself like three times in the leg. And and has no fucking reaction except there's still a giant thing inside of me. Also, Sean, when you said walked over and knocked over some egg crates, I was fully expecting a leprechaun joke. 
<laughs> or raw head. He jumps out. Yeah, yeah, I was expecting a raw head. God, imagine that. You're getting eaten alive by ticks and just raw head jumps out <laughs> right. and eviscerates you. Meanwhile, oh Lubden's there just like laughing as he's getting sucked off by a starfish. <laughs> raw head fucking s- snaps into a Slim Jim through your fucking wall. You're like, oh, come in this asshole. <laughs> and no, he doesn't even kill me. He just pisses on him while the ticks are eating him. Yeah, yeah. A golden shower. <laughs> I don't want to be your acolyte. I'm fucking dying. <laughs> fucking, yeah. Lupton's in the corner laughing. Again, a blowjob from the starfish. Let me finish first, Rawhead. <laughs> this, is, this is the slappiest episode I think we've ever done. <laughs> oh, my God. Holy shit. And meanwhile, Clint Howard is just screaming for his life. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> then we slam cut to the... To, to Holly and uh, Chuck uh, conceiving Wayne Zielinski's first child. <laughs> you want to see what else I can do with this shrink ray? I can flip it into reverse. It, embig- <laughs> it embiggens. Oh, God. He's like Carl in the fucking Aqua Teen where he just like he does that to himself and then all his crabs fucking come out and they're like two feet tall. Uh, <laughs> oh he's, he's, he's secretly DCs the Atom. He just fucking gets real big. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Holy shit. So there's they fucking they're having a fire outside and like Rome pours a gallon of gas on the fire and Seth Green's like holy shit dude wait <laughs> and he lights it and it just goes foom. Well yeah I think it's I think it's Panic walks up and just like dumps yeah, like a fucking you know, an entire journey's worth of gasoline onto this fucking yeah. small bonfire, and Rome's like, "Check it out!" Throws a matchbook at it, and it just explodes. <laughs> First of all, it explodes and it blows dust all in like Holly and fucking Charles's room, like blows shit off their shelf. And I love the difference in sizes of fireballs because, like, outside, it's a believable like escalating like single like like a fire fart like it just goes upwards yeah and then it cuts to holly and chuck's window and it's like a nuclear bomb has gone off like it's a it's the it's the joe montagna effect oh my god it's a yeah it's a fucking fireball that comes to the window and chuck's like god damn it i was a fucking half mast and fucking just (laughs) runs Yes, mess. That man's running outside with a fucking hard on, with a boner, a five feet long. Not as long as Lomas when he saw those, you know, bullets hit that body from from Rumpelstiltskin's gun. But pretty, pretty big, pretty big chub. Chuck runs out and like his full like fucking people in the stairs get mask without realizing it. He's like, <laughs> he's like, what the fuck are you kids doing? Fucking Gramps is like, wow, that's a pretty big dingus. Not as big as my cucumber, but pretty big. I need a new one. I left mine somewhere else. Yeah, he comes out and he immediately starts like kicking the fire over. Meanwhile, like Rome and Panic and Dee Dee and everybody are like pretty much enjoying themselves. He's like, ah, ah, you could have burned this all down. You could have burned this whole forest. That's what the signs meant on the way up, cause foreshadowing. And then Panic's like, yo, uh, maybe you could have taught us how to do. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. Sorry. Yeah. And he's like, oh, 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 yeah, you're right. I'll show you in the morning. I'm just a little busy right right now. And his daughter goes, oh, busy, Dad? You mean, like, screwing Holly? And she fucking walks off and Panic just goes, damn. Um, is this girl a distant relative of the girl from uh, An Unlucky Leprechaun who called her dad out on <laughs> just wanting to marry the successful interior decorator? Maybe she's all grown up. Who knows? Right? <laughs> She's trying to like she's trying to commune with Lucky. Yeah, not not only is he Wayne Zelensky, but he's also How Do Howard. I was say you saying they're the same person. He took a tip from Terry. He had the book too. He bought Terry's book. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, I, I'm going to steal Wayne Zelensky's identity. <laughs> 
I mean, Rick Moranis wasn't using it. He was busy, you know, dealing with Fang. That's what happened. And he moved away. Terry O'Quinn was out in the woods. Someone walked up with a little red book with a star and they went, Birdhouse. Family. <laughs> <laughs> Mustache. Mustache. Bay. Wilbur. Flannel. Terry O'Quinn's just like, stop it! He just twitches. Both of his fucking robot hands just spin and they turn into weapons and he just fucking activates. He gets in his fucking knees and he's like ready to comply. Could you imagine Steve Rogers trying to like talk sense into him? <laughs> Who would it even be? I don't even know. He's got Terry O'Quinn in the vice grip from Civil War. <laughs> yeah. Terry, and he's like, stop Terry it. Terry O'Quinn's like your mother put newspapers in your shoes to make you look taller. <laughs> Because, like, the heroes in the MDU are, are also kind of, like, anti-heroes. I don't think we really have, like, a Captain America equivalent. Like, I guess it could be Meteor Man since Terry's, you know, tilling Meteor Man's fields. Um, yeah. Yeah, but Meteor Man is, like, I think the most, like, virtuous main character we've had so far. Christian Bale. Christian Bale might. Yeah, that too. Uh, yeah, actually. Bale comes in. <laughs> oh, my God. He's the fucking Captain American equivalent. Just yelling at people. Some British dude. Yeah. <laughs> just, just this scary, gaunt-looking, ripped man who's, you know... <laughs> he just fucking... He he comes in, he, trippy, he triple lindies off, like, the third floor, flips through the air, lands right next to fucking Terry O'Quinn. Starts talking sense to me. He's like, what's my mother's name? Yeah, I, I love the idea, Connor, that you just put forth, where, like, he's got both fucking mechanical hands just, like, in a vice... <laughs> Instead of the arm. Yeah, they said the same, same shit they do with Bucky. He's just sitting there. He's like, yeah. your mother's name is Sarah. And, and Alfonso's there as Blade. <laughs> oh, my God. Instead of Falcon. <laughs> and then Terry O'Quinn just goes, don't don't tread on my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. He would have called. He's like, we can't call anybody. The Accords prevents it. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> well, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> The Discipliner walks in. He's one of them. He just, oh, man. He just leave Terry O'Quinn in this fucking vice grip. I mean, well, you know, the, the sad thing is the Discipliner, he got there a little late because he had to stop at the library to check his notes. And uh, when he got there, Terry O'Quinn was already activated, and uh, he killed him. He just wrecks his shit. No, well, that's the thing. He had all the chance and time in the world because he had his hands in the fucking vice, but still somehow managed to die. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. He, he fucking blew it. He, he's not great at it. This little walks up and Terry Quinn just like rabbit kicks him in the balls so hard he has a heart attack. <laughs> he fucking falls down and ends up shooting himself somehow. <laughs> he falls and like, what is it? Fucking uh, uh, Timothy Dalton's himself like a hot fuzz with a gun on his chin. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So, so the ticks attack Panic's dog. Oh man, this is hard to watch. I hated this sequence. I will say though, um, the immediate aftermath where the dog is seizuring. Oh man! Well, that's the part. I don't know how this is done <laughs> because, like, it's it looks like a real dog. Yeah, no, it's all special effects, but like this thing is convulsing uh, violently, and it's it's really good like it's done like really really well well and, and you know what's fucked up too we watched two movies in a row where there's dog violence except i still think death dream takes the taco because of how that was filmed yeah i th okay here's the thing it's it's two different things for me because death dream that sequence the entire sequence from start to finish bugs the fuck out of me because it's it's you don't get a cutaway mm -mm. and like you get close-ups of andy's face and like he's relishing the moment um and this is horrific because it's not during, it's 
afterwards. Yeah. Death Dream's very explicit. This is like... This is Thing-esque. And it's more fucked up in the sense of, like, Panic is watching this happen, and you get his immediate uh, response to that when he carries the dog in who's now dead, and he's just saying to Seth Green and everybody else, he's like, you know, it didn't recognize me, Brutus didn't recognize me, and then... He just started convulsing, and then he stopped moving. It's actually a pretty good bit of acting from him. Yeah. It, okay, so from that moment, because he's like, he's like, I just kept saying, Brutus, Brutus, and he wouldn't recognize me. And then in the house with Seth Green, like, like a minute later, um, he has this speech where he's like, I always thought that I would get shot in a, in a, in a drive-by, or I would die in the streets. He's like, but not my dog. He's like, that's not supposed to happen to my dog. Yeah, like, my fucking dog would be okay, and I would be dead. Yeah, yeah, I would be, and like, I've said this in the chat, like, I've seen this reaction before. It's fucking gut-wrenching. Um, and Alphonse is doing a fantastic job in this movie of selling this because, like, he is... It's that detachment from, uh, like, what's actually happening. Um, yeah. And you're just like, no, this isn't right. Like, this isn't this isn't how it's supposed to be. Um, right. And we had a... But you a- also layer on top of that Seth Green basically... <laughs> for lack of a better term, telling him to calm down, and then he really starts to fucking lose it. Like, what do you mean, calm down? Yeah, well, that's like Seth Green made like the the first mistake of you know many. He was telling an irrational man who's emotional to calm down. That's the way to get hit. <laughs> um, well, yeah. yeah, but like uh, we, to like anecdotally, we had a uh, we had a woman who brought in a very very sick cat, um, and uh, like to the point where like th- like the best option was euthanasia. And we performed it, and going into it, she was complicit. The boyfriend was complicit. Like, everything was agreed on. Paperwork was signed. We had everything we knew order. We did it. She stands up and screams, no, I don't want this. Bring her back. Um, And that kind of, like, that emotional detachment from reality where it's like, you're asking me to do something I can't do is kind of what Alphonse is or you know panic is doing where he's like no this this isn't how the story is supposed to go I'm supposed to be the one who dies not my dog my dog's supposed to be fine well that's almost like too like to him the dog was the one thing that he had control over how its life yes what went because he didn't have it over his own life like he didn't have control over his own life yeah and um in and in Vegas we have uh around me we have lots of vagrants and when I see vagrants with dogs I don't worry about those dogs because those dogs always look happy and fucking fat and and full. And uh, most of them we come in contact with take care of their dogs better than they take care of themselves because that that is their lifeline. Like they they will do anything to take care of the animal. Exactly. I was gonna say like that's kind of like Alfonso's uh, or excuse me, that's kind of like Panic's. Um, you know, it's his baby. That's that gives him a reason to 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 keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and he's like confiding in Seth because he's like the one guy that he's kind of made any connection with. Besides, like, I, I mean, he obviously he knows Holly and and he gets along with her, but she's the adult. Like, he doesn't really have any friends. Like, yeah, he gets along with Rome because like they have similar interests. But beyond that, like Seth is the guy he's been open up to. And when Seth kind of like doesn't comfort him. He's like, fuck this, I'm out of here, and he books it out. Yeah, well, he finally, you know, he's fed up. It's kind of like he lost everything, like, he didn't want to be there to begin with, and now his fucking dog's dead. Who He just, like, lost everything, and he's an angsty teen, question mark, but yeah. Well, we go to the next morning, and now there's ticks all over the fucking place, like, the eggs all over every tree just about. On the fucking sign where they're, where they're staying. Yup, and this sheriff character is, is inserted into the film. 
he comes in and he's with Charles looking at the dog. And I guess the only real point of having him come here is so he can tell them, hey, you know, that's weird what happened with your dog. You should go check it out at the veterinarian's office at Doc Cates. Yeah, he's basically like, oh, hell of a thing with the dog. Well, gotta go. I don't want any breakfast. That pancake looks like shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Wants some breakfast? He goes, hell of a storm. Walks away. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I gotta go. Is that some of that bread in a can shit I've been seeing online? Uh, I'm good. Uh, Pizza pizza in a cup. I'm sorry, what did you just say? Bread in a can? Oh, yeah. I don't know what that is. Uh, Saw it on Twitter today, a uh, guy that I was friends with years ago, he uh, posted about it specifically because people in New England apparently all love bread in a can. It's like one of those things that's like a stereotype apparently that the internet believes is true but isn't. Um, Wait, is that like a, like a spotted dick pudding? Is that what you mean? I, I guess it, it's basically B&M bread in a can, open open each side and it comes out and it's like some raisin bread or some shit. It looks horrible. Yeah, it's like a fucking, I, I feel like that's a British thing, isn't it? Well, apparently according to Twitter, it was a New England thing and he, he fucking chimed in and said uh, excuse me. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> Maybe they meant English thing. Maybe. <laughs> From England, not New England. So the sheriff, basically, he leaves, and uh, Holly goes, okay, well, where's Panic? Where's Panic? I haven't seen him yet today. And finally, Seth Green's like, uh, yeah, by the way, he left last night. I didn't want to say anything. Uh, he's going back to L.A. He's hitchhiking. Bye. Chuck, like, fucking bites his head off, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Wait, like, I didn't try to stop him? Like, it's all my fault? I'm gonna go cry inside now. Yeah, this, this guy sucks. Yeah. Yeah, Chuck is terrible for most of the movie until he gets injured, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, well, yeah, and, then yeah. He, and then he has a big fucking wake-up call, right? There's a couple scenes, especially, like, this one, that, like... I know, I never looked at them like, oh, these young kids, but then, like, in certain sequences, I'm like, it, it felt like they were, like, really young kids. Well, you know, every time that... You know, uh, what's this? Guy? Every time Chuck was about to climax, he was interrupted by some kind of fire <laughs> explosion or a screaming match or a tick biting on his ear. So he's all, but you know, he's all built up. He, you know, he can't get that testosterone out, so he has to act like an asshole. Isn't that how it is? That's how it works, <laughs> yeah, right? Makes sense. I got blue balls. Fuck. Yeah, the kind of kids you're dealing with are stunted. Like you have to accept it. Like they're not, they're not normal. His daughter included. So you would think he'd be a little bit more compassionate. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah, it's like he's trying to push them to do something stupid. He is there to railroad the holly tree. All right, like <laughs> that's it. Railroad and ride. All aboard the Holly Express. But but only me actually. All of you kids, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so then you know Seth runs inside pouting because he got screamed at for no reason. And Melissa comes in and basically comforts him. And I guess in the span of her coming in to talk to Seth and Chuck kind of realizing, huh, maybe I am an asshole. He comes in and is like, hey, uh, um, by the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go look for panic. But actually, I'm, I'm really bringing this dog to the vet and I'm just going to kind of look out the windows and hope I see him. You want to come with me? I'm going to go down the only road and hopefully he's walking down it. Why don't they spend like, I don't know. An hour, maybe two or three, you know, since someone's fucking lost and just search around the perimeter because he didn't go far at all. Well, he goes pretty fucking far. Well, okay, well, hold on, because they go to leave in the van, Seth Green and Charles, and he's by the fucking, like, sign, like, behind a rock, like, just hanging out, like, I guess hoping they would come looking for him. And then he sees, like, the van leave, and he takes that... At least this was my read on the situation. He sees the van leave, and I was like, ah, 
Yeah, not even gonna really look for me. Fuck these guys. And then like then he starts you know going off on his own for real. Like if they spent an hour, twenty minutes, they would have found him. Like yo, panic. What is everything okay, man? Like you want to come back? No, they just they just fucking go in the van and leave, and everyone else just chills at the cabin. Right, but I guess they didn't assume he'd be standing behind the fucking sign. No, you know? sure, sure. <laughs> like, the first thing I would think is he's, he's, like, miles away. Yeah, well, it's just amazing to me that literally nobody, except for, like, Seth and Charles, like, make any effort to try to find this guy. Everyone else is like, up, oh, uh, he left, and we're really worried about it, but we're gonna go suntan over here. Yeah, and, like, Holly, Holly makes no effort either, because Holly, like, her next scene is her just telling kids like hey, go find something to do together so i can stay here yeah so i can stay here and wait for you know wait for the fuck man to come back <laughs> or whatever ew i don't want to call him the fuck man <laughs> I, my name's chuck and i'm here to fuck <laughs> oh man chuck the fuck man no thanks so tyler and chuck are in the fucking van um and they're taking the dog to the vet, even though the dog is very much dead. Uh, well, they want, like, they want an explanation of, like, what happened. And I guess, like, if there was a veterinarian up the road, then why not? Sure. Well, it's not up the road. It's, like, an hour away from camp. Yeah. It <laughs> feels like it. It's up the road in wilderness terms. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's right down the road there, past the fucking Spivey's farm. Yeah, past Spivey's, right past Clint Howard's, go past <laughs> Granny's brothel, and uh, <laughs> go another 10 miles, and then it's on the left of the chunk of chicken. And don't forget the beef jerky. Or the honeyed roll. Don't stop for John Hurt. He's going to trick you. <laughs> yeah, if you see a man in a cloak with his thumb out, don't pick him up. Now, if you pass the chunk of chicken and you see a small house elf walking out, don't touch it. Because you might invoke the wrath of an ascended figure. <laughs> if you see the house elf, you've gone too far. That's his house elf to bully. <laughs> Not yours. Nobody else's. You can't protect him either. You gotta just let him do his thing. <laughs> did you did you save him from my buckshot? <laughs> did you impede my fucking elf from getting me chicken? I will fucking skin you alive like chicken. Son of a bitch. I'm going to do to you what I did to the Six Flags guy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what did he do to the Six Flags guy? We don't talk about that. We don't know. We don't know if it was Gunner, <laughs> Charnitsky, or Haggerty. One of them took him out. He hasn't been brought up in a while. I'd be more interested in Haggerty doing it because, like, can you imagine him just talking to someone while he's getting alive? He's like, you know, I just had to do this. I'm real sorry about it, man. But, like, I had to tan and dry your skin like a leather, okay? Leather face? Get it? Anyway. He's got to make He's got to make Gunner's leather faces for him. He's the only one that has the patience. Really, really not a fan of this. I don't like it, but I gotta do my burly duties. Listen, man, he lets me stay in the mansion if I make his skin faces. Okay, that's fine. Meanwhile, the six flag guy is saying, "Aren't you magic? Can you just make this happen with a snap of the <laughs> finger?" Yeah, but that's that's. No, I've gotta cut your leg off and shove a big pile of salt into the wound. All right, just shut up for whatever reason. I could do that, but I choose not to. The fucking six flags guy is in Granny's basement like chained to the wall with no face now yeah it's like the joker in the in the fucking grant morrison run when he brought him back and he like cut his face off and like reattached it as a mask yeah he cut his face off and just like just takes it off and just puts it on upside down <laughs> for no reason staples it to his fucking face but yeah so so yeah they see dobby and, the, and they wave but they head over to the veterinarian's office and on the way there uh tyler tells chuck about he tells him the full story now about how, like, yeah, my dad was a drunk bastard and he left me in the fucking woods for, like, three days and I was hugging a tree until they found me. And this man named Travis Walton passed by me and said, shh, don't tell anybody I'm here. <laughs> you think it was the the FX guy from Mosquito that went to go get cigarettes, just left his kid? <laughs> That's him. <laughs> I could see it. 
Be right back. You know, he took all that money from Mosquito that he stole, all the effects money, and he signed Seth up for this fucking trip with the money that he stole. (laughs) All right, well, hope to never see you again. Bye. Seth goes back, and his dad just, like, never comes to pick him up. Yeah, went on a bender, drove off a cliff. We don't know what to tell you, Seth. You're homeless. You were supposed to go get better. Bye. So they take the dog to the vet, and immediately the vet... I love love the the middle-aged women vets or or doctors right like in predator and and the relic it's always fun uh well th- here's the thing that's like th- this is the most do- like veterinary looking veterinary doctor i've seen in a movie so far really um yeah also like what she's doing with um the syringe is like accurate because i think she- doesn't she feel the abdomen she's like what the fuck is this yeah she's like this isn't a snake bite there's something's fucked up with this thing yeah so she goes to she goes basically do like a like a fine needle aspirate essentially, which is basically you you poke a mass with a syringe and you hope to draw some te- like some cells out and you look at a microscope. Um, she's also could be doing like basically just tapping the stomach, say there's like abdominal fluid or something like that. Um, so I was like, hey, look, like the actual like veterinary medicine is being done here, not someone like. No offense, Graydon Clark, but you're like, let's cut the cat open. Here. <laughs> Question mark. Loosely hold it loosely hold it while the door is open. <laughs> yeah, she fucking bangs on this thing. It sounds like a fucking ripe melon. There's nothing inside. Yeah. But she sticks the syringe in to go pull the blood and nothing comes out at first. Like three different times. <laughs> yeah, she po- but then she pokes it again and she starts drawing blood out and the blood gets sucked back in. Oh, it, it's such a good scene. I'm like, that's so fucking cool. It pulls the fucking thing out. That f- it fills with blood, the syringe, and then it, the fucking plunger just pulls back down. So good. And then she uh, yanks it out and the fucking tick is attached to the syringe. Dude, she rips this fucking thing out of the dog's stomach. I don't even, I'm not even sure how this happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, first she goes to uh, she goes to stab it again, and this thing like rips the needle off the syringe from inside the abdomen, so you don't know what's happening. Right, but then there's the fuck the needle's in its back, and it like bites its way through the dog, and then yeah. she like rips it out. Right, and then and then it starts moving, and she gets freaked and drops it, and they uh, they immediately do what Graydon Clark did not. They shut the door and stick a blanket under the they fucking sh- doorway. <laughs> they sh- they shut the door. I was like, you guys know what you're doing. Because like- <laughs> I always go back to that scene in Gremlins anytime you have a doctor with a fucking creature. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, and uh, I was waiting for someone to get killed, specifically the doctor or Charles. Come out here. I just want to take a look at you. You want a candy bar? Yeah. Or what? Uh, or how about your neck? Yeah, that too. Uh, this is like one of my favorite scenes in the film. It's really creepy. This thing is running around this fucking vet office and it's going... Like running, like first of all, Seth Green is on his fucking hands and knees with his face next to the ground. Are you crazy? The fuck's wrong with you? There's a part where this thing, so this thing's jumping all around. Now, when this thing's animated and like walking around, specifically this part, it like jumps on like a chalkboard and starts clacking on the fucking where the chalk goes, the little metal thing. Um, this is all stop motion animation. Which I thought was amazing. And it's, like, so good, you don't even really notice it that much. Yeah, I didn't. No, I didn't, to be honest. Um, It's it's really excellent. Um, Anyway, this thing jumps on fucking Seth Green's face. And he should be fucking dead, or at least get, you know, bit in the face, but he doesn't. He's got plot armor a mile thick. Oh, he sure does. Yeah, Charles rips it off him. No, uh, no issues. And then it goes flying, and Doc Kate just fucking squishes it under her heel. I love her reaction. She's like, when in doubt, 
Squish. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and when she steps in this thing, like it, like the back end opens up and just like gross bug viscera just flies out of the fucking floor. It's so cool looking. Dude, it's like Bill Murray's pimple when it explodes on his lip in Osmosis Jones. It's disgusting. Ugh. It's like fucking top ramen coming out of this thing's ass. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I'll never eat that again. Mm, I will. I'm hungry for it right now. So they're dissecting this thing and, and you know, they have a full on aberration moment where they're like, oh, look at this. It's a fuck. It's it's a wood tick for sure, but it's fucking mutated. It's got steroids coming out the wazoo. <laughs> yeah. She like sticks her finger in there and smells it. She's like, yeah, herbal steroid. I'm like, wow. <laughs> she knows her shit, apparently. You'd be surprised at what medications and what substances in medicine have distinct odors. Um, there, we have a, uh, there's an anti-medic we have called Serenia that smells straight up like a fucking Band-Aid. And it's distinct every time you open the bottle up. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. This is also where you find out that anything they bite is going to get put into a hypnotic state. And she, she claims that that's probably why the dog didn't recognize panic before it uh, died. Well, not a hypnotic state. It, it bites, it has a, um, the equivalent of like stabbing yourself with a syringe full of LSD because. Oh, sure. More like a hallucination, not high hypnosis. Yeah. It's a hallucinogen, but it's so fucking potent because it's so giant now. So what it, what it, a tick actually has this stuff, and I think I think mosquitoes have it too. But when you get stuck with it, or they bite you, you don't feel it because they numb it with this uh, chemical. But it's so large in and in such large doses now that it like makes you fucking trip balls when it bites you. Yeah, yeah, especially when like you you level up the size of the animal that much, so you're definitely increasing the potency of whatever it's going to hit you with. Yeah, it's like a it's like a neurotoxin or some shit. Well, no, it's an anesthetic. Or an anesthetic, excuse me. Because when ticks bite you, they don't want you to feel it, so they administer, like, a naturally created anesthetic into your skin. Um, and if you're getting that, like, if you're getting it front-loaded, like, I don't know about hallucinating, you're going to be fucked up, though. Yeah, well, that's what she calls it a neurotoxin. But she also said, like, ticks administer an anesthetic when they bite you. Yeah. So, like, with, with the anesthetic already being, like, the tick's natural system... Introducing a steroid could maybe change that. Oh, well, that too. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's the size of a goddamn softball. Like, <laughs> like when you think about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, at this point, any mutations at this point, it's like, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, it, well, anyway, here you go. So she's like, yeah, here's your plot dump. Here's the explanation for your ticks. Oh, by the way, don't tell anybody that I said it was an herbal steroid because uh, I don't want any trouble with these fucking marijuana guys around here. Bye. Get out of my fucking vet. Also, let, let me mention that if you didn't cut the head off, this thing c- could still get inside you because uh, we're going to cut to the next scene where that's important. <laughs> it sure is. As Panic runs into this fucking, like, he's still in the woods, but he's, like, in a clearing now. Oh, I love this. And he just starts, like, fumbling all over the place, and you see, like, some shit crawling up his leg. And you don't know, like, what, you know, you don't know if it's under his skin or just in his pant leg yet, so he rips the pant leg, you know open and there's the tick on his fucking thigh yeah because he's like he's he stops he's like oh what the fuck is that and he opens it up and this fucking tick is head deep in his in his thigh yeah and he starts screaming bloody murder and it's it's very painful to watch because this thing's in his fucking thigh flesh oh my god the event like between clint howard shooting himself in the thigh and the 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 punishment that panics character sustains at the movie it's like wow y'all are fucking hardcore dude he rips this fucking thing that first so the head rips off and stays in his leg but he rips his body off and it's just spurting shit all over the place 
And this fucking head that's lodged in his leg starts migrating up his fucking torso. Like it's running out through inside of him. And then he starts fucking tripping face now. Yeah, while he's screaming out in pain, we cut back to the log cabin and Holly's just kind of casually looking around, not even trying to find him. Like, hey, uh, you guys, okay, guys, you want to go fishing? Um, Charlie's going to be back any minute to fuck me. I mean, to, to build that fire. So if you could just like clear out of here for, I don't know, 40 minutes fishing, anyone? She like forces Melissa to go take Kelly and like Rome and Amy Dolan's are just like sunbathing. Yeah. She's like, oh yeah, I got to stay in the shade. You know, all that ozone stuff. Yeah, Meanwhile, yes. she's wearing a black bikini and it's just like deep red. It's a good gag. It's so weird because Holly's like, take, take Kelly. The, she hasn't had any dialogue yet. Well, she, we find out she's a closet expert fisherman. She loves it. She's got the fishing hat and everything. I th- I'm pretty sure she knows the perfect cast. She, oh man. One o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock. Avada Kedavra? Yeah. <laughs> It's been passed down from goof to goof, man. <laughs> yeah, and she's one of them. I don't know anything about fishing. Uh, she says she likes fishing but hates fish. Go figure. They start walking to the pond, and uh, Kelly starts talking for the first time in the film, and Melissa goes, oh, my God, you can talk? <laughs> I thought you were just a non- I thought you were non-union. That's why you didn't talk. Yeah, we'd have to pay you more if you had a line. Exactly. <laughs> um, And then Kelly... She's like, she's like, well, sometimes I just don't feel like talking. Ever since I was raped, I don't have anything to say. Yeah, I, t- I told Holly about it, but that's it. My fucking jaw dropped. I-, I forgot that that was a plot point, and I was like, oh. And it's just kind of a throwaway line. But I guess the point is to, she confides, Kelly confides in Melissa, and basically tells her that, like, Holly is actually a really great person, and she was there for me when all right. that happened. So you should give her, stop giving her such a hard time. Because she's fucking your dad. Yeah, so they go down to this fishing hole, which is just literally like a literal fishing hole surrounded by, like, grass and fucking marsh and shit. It's a fucking, like, stagnant pond. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is it? Okay. Here I go. Perfect cast time. (laughs) Literally. Because Kelly, like, fucking whips this thing in the water. And, like, she catches something immediately. This is another one of those times where, like, specifically this, like, I feel like they're just kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, young like young kids. Just the way they're kind of acting and, and, and like talking. Like, 16, 17, maybe. Yeah, or, like, 15. No, like, young. Yeah, you know? no, yeah. I could see 15 for sure. And uh, she goes to Melissa, like, oh, yeah, you got to get the net. You got to get the net to get the fish. <laughs> yeah, because it's, like, stuck. <laughs> and she's like, oh, man. She's fucking walking out there all dainty and shit, walking slow as hell with the fishing net. She pulls this thing up and fucking Ben Gardner pops out of the water. <laughs> oh my god, the sheriff comes out with a note fucking taped to him and says, J.H. <laughs> I think we, I think John Hurt left his fucking calling card. A note about, a, a note about the sheriff being in this water, like, uh, what's her face? Melissa, yeah, she walks out in this thing and it's like ankle deep. And she's, like, netting in the water, and then they pull up the sheriff's whole fucking rotted corpse. I'm like, is he just in, like, exclusively the deepest part of the pond that's, like, two feet wide and, and, like, six feet deep? Well, here's the thing, Connor. That's what this fucking, you know, this note is all about. J.H., you know, John Hurt, he got the idea from Jeremy Melton from Valentine. He saw that, (laughs) and he figured, hey, you know, the guy leaves a literal calling card with his initials. Uh, at the scene of the crime, and he gets away with it. So you know, I gotta, I gotta practice that one in real time here in ticks. He signed it in crayon. Yeah, I like to think that, like, since it's only ankle deep, John Hurt is like somewhere else, like bobbing this sheriff through a portal. 
<laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I was just saying, like, they find a note just says, like, temporal anomaly, details later. <laughs> Sheriff dead, details later. By the way, Pond is paradoxical, <laughs> do not enter. By the way, his patrol car is just covered in leaves and no one noticed. Oh, yeah, they fucking uncover Marty's ride. They must have walked by this thing to get to this pond, and then suddenly they're hiding by it, and they're like, <gasps> a car! I'm like, you definitely saw that ten minutes ago. Bullet holes the size of matzo balls! I get that the movie has to establish why Sir and Jerry are gonna continue to be antagonists in this film, and I, and, and I do like where it goes with it eventually. Sure, the payoff is good. But did we really need the whole subplot with them killing the sheriff off fucking camera? I guess, sure, why not? It just seems like shoehorned in like a motherfucker. Yes, because they need to, that needs to come back later for the payoff. And then also the kids need to be scared to go and like, be like, oh, there's something fucked up happening. You know what I mean? Shh, okay. That's, that's fair. Because this comes back in a big way later. Even though there's giant ticks running around killing people, but okay. The dead sheriff does it. Meanwhile, Amy Dolenz and Rome are just playing, like, hide-and-seek, like, fucking around, like, making out, not really, like, doing much of anything. They're supposed to be going to meet Melissa and Kelly, and they, like, don't even know where the fuck they're going. No. They're just, they make out at a location, they run, they chase each other, they make out some more, he chases her. Ends up in Clint Howard's barn. Yeah, in a barn somewhere with weed and some blue lights. Pumpkinhead's there. Yeah. Looking for a mine shaft. He's just he's just backbreaking Clint Bracklin Howard over and over again. <laughs> oh, she's like, oh god, not this again. I thought we threw you down a fucking well. <laughs> she's like, she goes, Tommy. <laughs> Is that you, Tommy? No. I was one of the nice ones to you. One of the nice ones. He stops mid-backbreaker and just drops Clint Howard into another bear trap. <laughs> Andrew Robinson just walks out from behind the weed. The fire truck? <laughs> yeah. Come to daddy. He he pushes Pumpkinhead who falls backwards. He falls through the floor. This farmer's been on top of the mine shaft the whole time. Oh, man. See? that? Oh, no. That's where the fucking the toxic waste is running into. The fucking mine shaft. Oh, my God. It's, uh, the lore goes deep on this one. As deep as a mine shaft. Goes all the way to fucking Ireland. Yeah, there's a mine shaft and a well involved there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Could be the same location, it might not, where we still don't know. Is that why the starfish can talk and give blowjobs? Probably. Well, that was a GVD thing. We we can't really explain her magic. It's it's one of the few unexplained things in the fucking movie dumpster universe is how GVD's uh, powers work. How they operate, you know. But right at the central point between, between these two locations, you hear... That's the caveat, right? Yeah. Just hear that coming out of fucking temporal uh, portals that are just appearing. Every time, every time you drop a penny in that one well in Ireland, it goes do as it's spinning in the air. We're here to fix the hydroponics unit. You're never gonna believe this giant ticks. So, so yeah, there's a fuck ton of eggs. She she ends up like you know spooky walking through like a haunted house kind of thing in the barn, and uh, she ends up walking past this like wall of fucking eggs looks like a 13 year old's chin in high school looks like freddy's ball sack yeah a little bit oh my god how many testicles does he have a lot he's like he's like all right i count of one two seven nine to eleven here's my balls that's more of them for jason to kick clint comes at her from like behind and his face is like totally fucked up and this is where we get his fucking line of the movie i'm infested i'm infested <laughs> 
hands her, he goes to shoot himself, and he's like, nope, you do it. Dude, he trips over another bear trap. He's like, take the gun, kill me, I can't do it myself. And he is like straddling her just about. He's like in her face with the gun up to his head. He's like, ah, kill me. Well, he he says, I'm blind, I can't see them, but I can hear them. I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) And then then his right cheek just explodes and a tick lands on Amy Dolan's neck. Oh, it's fucking great. And you think he's dead. Like, you think that's it. He ain't coming back. She runs out with this tick clutched to her neck, and he is still writhing on the ground trying to kill himself with this pistol. And then just, I guess, the pain finally gets to him. He never actually uh, ends it early, checks out early. He just dies. Uh, he returns in Force Ghost form. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, exactly. He he returns to the Earth, and it prepares for his next role in the MDU. We'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, sooner than you might think. So we cut to Panic, and he's he's just tripping face in the fucking woods. Um, and he, like, thinks he's in an alley in L.A. I love this because... It's like, great. Yeah, because it's... I think Panic gets the most character development of anybody in the movie. I agree. Um, and they spend a lot of time showing you, like, what goes on inside of his head, like, his relationship with his dog. Um, and even, like, in the next few scenes, like, how much of a fucking... Like, he seems like he's all talk. He's really not. No. I mean, if you push him far enough. Yeah. So he so he thinks he's in uh, part eight and... <laughs> <laughs> Just starts punching a guy in the head. He's like, oh, no, he's going to come punch my head off anytime soon. He's like, oh, no, those guys are going to shoot me full of heroin. So he starts getting his ass kicked because, like, Sir and Jerry, like, walk into the alley and start beating him up and then like it flashes back and like he's in the woods and they're just like beating the living shit out of this guy yeah being racist towards him too and being and being homophobic um yes but also because they're gay (laughs) yeah i'm not sure what the uh, actual joke was here they they are they're totally gay yeah because because it's very much like i'm gonna make him squeal like a piggy kind of shit like sir is about to throw a fucking on uh alfonso ribeiro yeah well thank god he has that fucking little switchblade in his shoe yeah he fucking pulls that out and jabs it into jerry's leg let me tell you something he jabs it into jerry's leg and jerry's like (laughs) good one motherfucker that guy's not walking after that. That guy is going to exsanguinate. Yeah. Um, he's he's going to bleed to death. When Jerry first attacks uh, Alfonso, he like thinks he's got the upper hand, and Alfonso immediately starts whipping his ass. And the only reason why he even gets uh, surprised, and you know, they get on top of him, and he has to use the knife, is because Sir comes in with a shotgun, like hits him in the side of the head with it or some shit. Yeah. Well. They, he starts running away from them, and then, like, Jerry catches up, and then he's, like, cornered in this weird, like, um, booby trap place. There's, like, a bunch of propane tanks and shit, and he falls, and he, like, trips this alarm. But uh, Jerry goes after him, and he fucking gra- he grabs Jerry and starts beating the shit out of Jerry. It's awesome. It's, yeah, like, it's He's giving great. him, like, all the shit that he was saying before. Like, um, he's returning insults, and just punch, punch punch and like these these deep fucking haymakers like he reels his arm back like a fucking piston and just brings down this piece of shit's face over and over again by the way i love panic if you haven't put that together yet <laughs> yeah he's great um so sir comes up and like shoots a propane tank which would have just exploded by the way yep he went to the rawhead rex school of marksmanship and, gun- <laughs> and gunsmithing um he walked right into an area where there was two targets in a wide open field 
and shot the only explosive thing within range. <laughs> so so it doesn't blow up, but then he ends up shooting um panic right in his fucking gut and he like falls down like a fucking hill or some shit they, he he ends up like getting away and they're like come on let's get out of here there's a fucking you know uh he's gonna he's gonna die anyway now here's the part where we were talking about before like oh they all know each other they're all connected i don't think that's their farm i think it's clint howard's farm and what are they doing like patrolling it gonna steal it or what well i think clint might work with them in some capacity like he might you know he might sell to them and then they sell it you know beyond that point or maybe he's a business partner or maybe he is just like you just said maybe he is just another quote-unquote dope slinger yeah i put together that clint was the guy clint was the chemist he was a guy making the steroid that was making these plants grow faster. Jerry and What's-His-Nuts are the growers of this operation, is what it seemed like to me. Right, like, they're actually in charge, specifically Sir. Like, like Jerry's almost, like, just the muscle, uh, you know, that he keeps around to do his dirty work. Yeah, he's like the mule. Yeah. Uh, both physically and uh, mentally, because they because they they leave. They're like, let's get out of here. Uh, so they leave, and then a fucking fire starts, and all the weed fucking goes up. And they're like, oh no, the weed! And he's like, fuck it, let's get out of here. Okay, they make it a point to show the weeds, like the marijuana smoke, like bellowing and like crawling the ground. I'm like, is that gonna come up later? So that's like, what I thought. I was like, is somebody gonna get stoned or what? Was panic high as hell while he was in pain, sitting there dying? He's got the fucking neurotoxin in him. He's like taking a, he's like having a bad trip, eating. Fu- he eats the fucking steroids in his pocket. Yeah, like I guess that's gonna help. He thinks just to get him to where he needs to be. I guess to give him the strength. I don't know. That's what I thought. Yeah, I guess. There's a uh, a quest you can do in Far Cry 3 where you are given a flamethrower and told to go burn a marijuana field. And the longer you are in this marijuana field, your vision gets fucked up. Your character starts giggling. Um, and uh, like it can get super, super thick as you're just mowing down this fucking giant marijuana field. To the point where like <laughs> the screen is bouncing all the place and your character is going, whoa, that's <laughs> fucking awesome all the while like this like ridiculous jamaican dubstep is playing over the whole thing it's so funny rome oh rome saves amy real quick he like picks her up and like rips the tick off of her or whatever because it actually bit her at this point so she starts hallucinating and shit rome's like come on baby what's wrong with you and she all she could see is clint howard's face I'm infested. that's his force goes for him yeah, yeah, and I guess they're on the same track as as as, as the road, or they're on the same road because fucking Chuck sees them. Chuck and uh, Seth Green pick them up, and they get in, and then they go back to the cabin. And then, as the forest burns, Sir fucking stands <laughs> there, and he smiles and he says, "Yeah, take that Charnitsky to Brown, burn down your whole fucking forest." Oh no! And you just see Charnitsky in the distance, like racing with those fucking rabbits away from the flames. This is how he went from Chernitsky the Brown to to Chernitsky the Night Guard back to Chernitsky the Brown, okay? He started off as a nature deity, and then someone burned his fucking forest down. And in a a fit of misery, he became a a night watchman. Well, like we said, man, this is is all post-demonic toys, so maybe he was the uh, security guard for fun. He got killed and was, you know, he ascended, then he went back to his true form. Oh, the flow of time in Lord Ran is convoluted, okay? Like... (laughs) He was he was racing to Gunner to tell him that the the Dark Lord has returned. Yeah, 
Yeah. No, his name's John Hurt, but like Sir is a servant. <laughs> and his name is Sir. Yeah, man. He he fucking he has arisen from Dogledore. And and that is where my Lord of the Rings knowledge ends. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's one of the he's one of the fucking ring rays, dude. God, imagine Daniel Baldwin as the speaker. <laughs> but like the like the black gate opens and he just fucking belly flops like between the two gates and like onto his horse and then just fucking like he's laying on it and talks to him that way. Oh, my goodness. And then you you have that deleted scene where Aragorn cuts his head off, but this time Baldwin, you know, grabs it with his teeth and just snaps the blade. Oh, man. But Baldwin, yeah, it's like all teeth. Baldwin's like lips are cut off. And he's talking like this. <laughs> he's the mouth of hurt. Oh the mouth God. of Buchanan. We need to make that happen. Nice. I have to get the lapis. <laughs> Where's my postcard? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. Where's my father? <laughs> I need tequila. And and burgers so yeah the entire forest is on fire and not a helicopter full of water in sight no or anybody in sight even though there's a raging fucking forest fire and what does it do push all the ticks towards the central point of the film which is the cabin it's almost like a reverse aberration i kind of like this because like the forest fire thing is super believable because of where it is and then, sure. so, of, of course, these animals are going to converge in the one spot they perceive to be safety and or food. Uh, yeah. Also, they've been kind of dropping that breadcrumb the whole fucking time. Like, like that's why Chuck freaks out when they make that fucking fire. He's like, didn't you see the fucking signs? Like, it's a high risk of forest fires right now. Oh, yeah, 100%. It, it's definitely done well where it doesn't feel... Forced. No, not at all. Like... <laughs> It makes sense why they're pushing all the ticks to this one location yeah. because A, it'll eventually burn them all to death and B, it creates a major crisis for our characters. Well, yeah, it, totally. It gives the, it gives them the reason to to push them all into the location for them to fight them. Um also, all of these scenes of the force burning are so great cuz they're all miniatures. Um and they look awesome. Oh yeah. So they're back at the cabin and the van pulls up and they all run in and uh, Charles looks outside as after they get in and he's like, oh my God, look at all the ticks. And there's like literally like an army of them like running towards the house. Yeah, and like crawling all over it and shit on the top of the roof and stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. And then Sir and Jerry get there, I guess because they just happen to come across the building because they know it's there from earlier. And they're like, let us in, let us in. And no one wants to let him in at first, especially Seth Green. He's like, nah, fuck him. Yeah, I agree. Yes, seriously. And then Charles, because he's trying to be a nice guy, lets them in. And he, oh boy, does he pay for it. Oh, he sure does. They got ticks all over him. I think Sir fucking like throws one against a bookshelf and it explodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That right there, he's got that superhuman strength, dude. <laughs> That's his, yeah. that's his demonstration, is throwing a, a, a squishy bug against the wall. Yeah, if he does any more, it's an abuse of power. Like, it's a disgusting display of power. <laughs> you just get one. You just get one, and you know that I've, I, I've descended. Well, and you know, Sir and Jerry are trying to play it cool. Like, you know, they're just, oh yeah, you know, we gotta stop these ticks. We gotta do whatever we can to get out of here. If we can just get to the van. And they're all, they're all pretty much in agreement. Yeah. But then um, Alfonso gets there. It sure does. And and they're like, oh, don't let him in. Don't let him in. You're going to let those things in with him. And Seth's like, fuck this. And he opens the door. Well, Sir and Jerry start shitting their pants the second they see this guy. Alfonso's like, or uh, Panic's like half dead. And he's, and like the last thing he says is like, uh, he's like, they did me. They did me. And then he fucking dies. And then, it, you know, they turn to Jerry and Sir and they're like, all right, motherfucks, this is how this is going down. Give me the keys and we're getting out of here and we're going to feed you to these fucking ticks. I like that they're, they're 
facade of like, oh, thanks for the help, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, they're like, oh, it's the man we shot. Ah, well, fuck this. Oops. He was supposed to be dead in a gutter. <laughs> Keys to the van, Sifu, play. Well, then Charles is like, oh, can't we talk about this like normal people when he goes to walk towards the door and they and fucking Sir just shoots him in the back of the leg. He shoots him right in the ass. And that was the day where Chuck became a man. Yeah. And then he like Jerry like punches Melissa and like Sir's like choking out Rome. Yeah grabs Seth Green by the back of the head and he's like, all right, now we're going to do this the way I asked to do it. Which is the same exact way we proposed through at the beginning of this scene. Jerry, go get the fucking van. <laughs> oh yeah, so Jerry goes out there and he's got this torch that I don't know where they got it from. No, sir. No, sir, I don't want to get the van. Yeah, he keeps saying that. So he goes out with his torch and his fucking like whip, which like we say it's a whip, but it's like it looks like one of those novelty ones you would get for Halloween, but like chopped in half. It's more like a like a cat of nine tails kind of looking thing. Sure. And he's going out there and he's hitting fucking ticks with the whip, but every time he places the torch even against a tick, it immediately pops like a popcorn kernel. Oh man, these things explode. It's great. And every time it's like slow mo. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like and there's like shit flies everywhere it's great well he somehow makes it to the car but i guess one was already in there and starts biting him on the neck and he rips it off him and squishes it but i guess it bit him well enough to get make him start hallucinating oh yeah and i guess he felt real guilty about killing that sheriff (laughs) he sure did who comes back and he's like you shot me (laughs) sir is outside he's like jerry what the fuck are you doing jerry and and he's just like, oh, no, he's back. And, like, he sees Sir as the sheriff. I think this scene this scene is awesome looking. So the sheriff that he's hallucinating is, like, shooting like shooting at him. And he's like, yeah, why'd you do it? You're a bastard, blah, blah, blah. So Jerry drives the fucking van directly into Sir and <laughs> through the fucking cabin wall. Who somehow survived? What the fuck? Dude, I forgot he gets back up. Dude, it's worth it that he gets back up again because it's like it's sure, yeah, it is. So Sir gets up and they like, and the rest of the uh, gang like overpowers him and like uh, Rome like stabs him in the fucking chest. Yeah, with like a piece of fucking broken wood or a piece of glass or something. Yeah, or or with a knife, I think, or something. Yeah, maybe. So they all scatter and then fucking panic starts like convulsing in the side of the room and like yeah, starts like he fucking like poltergeists up the side of this fucking wall. <laughs> and and I guess because they. They basically crowded Sir and took him out of the equation. Like, you know, getting hit by a car going through a wall and into another (laughs) wall didn't take him out. But getting stabbed once, which, you know, not that that's anything to sneeze at, but that took him out of the equation. Dude, this transformation is amazing. Like, it it just, like, again, this is, I feel like this is is a Brian Yuzna, like, direction, directing thing or, like, suggestion thing. Because, like, these fucking things, these, like, legs, like, shoot out of uh alfonso ribeiro's like knees and like pushes out it almost looks like gu- the giver kind of yeah a little bit like when some of the zonoids transform or whatever they called screaming mad george for ideas oh like, yeah hey, how would you go about this <laughs> right so the fucking things like pushing out his knees and his fucking hands rip open and these fucking legs come out and by and, and like just to paint a picture like Sir had shot like a lamp and like it's just like this kind of like uh strobe light effect over this fucking thing and uh this thing ends up like ripping out of Alfonso Ribeiro and like his head fucking splits in half it is so <laughs> yep. awesome and then we have this giant tick 
that I presume was the head that broke off inside of him. Yes. <laughs> and and then was just pumped with steroids as he just chowed down on these things like they were fucking Pez. <laughs> so they have this giant tick now. Greatest fucking steroids in the world. Greatest fucking pop popables, man. My blues, I can't live without them. But while he's like transforming, like uh, Sir is just laying there, like unable to move while everyone else has like gone to the second floor and barricaded the door to try to like break out the window to get to the car. Yeah. Like, this elaborate plan that they're working out. <laughs> Kelly like uses the fishing pole to grab this tire swing and Seth Green's like okay I'm gonna swing with the tire swing to the van and then I'm gonna get the van and we're gonna go and that's the plan. Meanwhile Sir gets literally eviscerated as this thing climbs on his back and just grabs him by like the lower jaw with its mandibles. Oh yeah man violates his ass and then like fucking bites his head off presumably. And then uh, Charnetsky got the last laugh. <laughs> I'll, I'm still here, fucker. If you come back again, I'll be waiting. <laughs> He's like waiting in the fucking shadows like Batman. <laughs> just chowing down on a chicken leg. <laughs> It, there's, yeah, there's just like a pile of bones and he's gone. Like they, It's like a whiff of fucking fat man and like there's a pile of bones. Yeah, like a cloud in the air, Ew. but no Charnitsky. He's like Pigpen from fucking Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Pretty much. So, uh... So yeah, they go to they go to go out the window and and everybody's jumping out the window. Well, Seth, hold on, he hits the ground and these ticks start coming at him. Oh, so yeah. he uh, he thinks back to aberration and he says, "Well, how the hell did Simon Basel get out of that?" And he grabs a broom, <laughs> and I kid you not, <laughs> lights, lights this fire. motherfucker on fire. Crocodile Rock starts playing. The only thing he was missing was the sunglasses. Yeah. Uh, when he's on the ground, these fucking ticks are like slamming into his leg and like. Again, like we were talking about the sound design before, when these things fucking slap into him, like it's so like impactful and powerful. I love it. So he goes and he pops a bunch of fucking things and he like finds Jerry dead in the van and he takes the van and he rolls it over to the to the window where everybody is. And everybody starts climbing out, but it the giant tick is now like bursting its way through the fucking door upstairs to try to get them. Yeah. Uh reminded me of critters in the first one. A little bit. Yeah, the first one specifically. The first one specifically because they have that one critter that gets like gigantic. Yeah. And they it steals his sister. Which I guess is like the reference in two when they have Ugg turn into it. Uh yeah, I, I guess. Kinda. They kinda they kind of abandoned that idea in the in the you know they're just like you know what let's make a fucking giant critter ball instead but then uh it, it grabs Rome by the leg so Seth has to like go back in to save him he climbs up and like uh, Melissa tosses him a lip broom and he fucking jams this thing down this thing's throat and like it explodes and uh Rome and 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 uh Seth like jump back down and and they and they start driving away and the fucking house blows up and cuz there's like a propane tank next to it and that fucking explodes it's just a giant explosion and they fucking drive out of the movie <laughs> Yeah, they call it a day. It literally like they drive out of the movie and then it cuts to LA in like a junkyard and uh the van is there and then uh Speaking of critters, the fucking the fucking tick egg like drops from the fucking van and like this fucking like smooth jazz starts playing. And uh cut the credits. It's fucking great, dude. So goddamn good. Leaving that window open just a couple of inches, four inches wide. Um, thank God we never got that sequel, because I don't think we need it. Um, I don't know. If the, if they did a sequel, I, I just 
I mean, it could be good, but I don't think it would be the same. Sure. Right? Like, you'd have to have everybody bring the, that talent back, like the effects and the score and everything, or else I just don't think it would work. Even the even the actors. I mean, everybody's on point. But, uh, but yeah, where are we putting this? Um, uh, I don't want to oversell this, but I think this is a magnificent little monster movie. Um, it clocks in around, like, 82 minutes or something like that. I think it's, like, an hour and 22. Um, it's real quick. It's real sweet. Um, it's got, like, an astonishment of heart for a movie about a bunch of killer ticks. Uh, most of that comes from the character of, uh, of Panic. And I'm super bummed that he died, but it also creates, like, the hands-down, like, clap with your slack jaw just like just giddy face at the screen like i can't fucking believe you did that ridiculous shit (laughs) (laughs) where a man turns into a giant tick um for reasons i can't explain um but um it's really simple it's a it's i saw this like i think i grabbed this off a shelf at blockbuster like just on a whim um because i think Amy Dolan's in the cover, like screaming at a tick. Um, it just looked interesting. <laughs> that's like that's, that's my only like. Yeah, the, the the box art. Those fucking that box art is so good. Yeah. Um, um, it's real fun. All the acting is really good. Um, the kids are really likable, despite the fact they're all troubled. Um, the movie only kills off one of them, and it is the one that draws the most sympathy. Uh, you kind of don't want to see the rest of them get hurt because they didn't do anything wrong. Uh, honestly, I think Chuck should have gotten eaten by a thousand ticks. Um, a <laughs> hundred ticks. A hundred ticks. He's got. Yeah, he's got to go through Leo's uh, test here and see how he does. His gauntlet. His tick gauntlet. Yeah, Chuck can eat, eat my fucking asshole raw. All right, that guy <laughs> sucks. I hate him. Jesus. Um. Uh. But the the really shitty the actual villains uh get what they deserve. Um. And the ending I think is really cool because I I didn't remember that part. They they tease the possibility of one of these things getting loose in a city. Um. Yeah, this th- it's shelf absolutely, and if I had to put it between something, um, it's definitely aberration and like um, ugh, like mosquito. I would say um, mm, they're. I'm gonna agree with you on that one. Yeah, like I don't even know where else you would put it. Um, the one the settings are almost identical, except the weather is different in aberration. But like, you can line up Seth Green lighting a broom on fire and beating a giant tick with it. With Simon Basel fucking Elton Johnning down a fucking shopping <laughs> aisle with his fucking flaming broom. <laughs> One has slightly more pizzazz to it, but they're both really fun. Um, also, if you like actors like Seth Green, if you like Carlton from Fresh Prince, it is a fun trip to go back and go like, oh, these people came from this and this yeah. isn't all that bad. So yeah, shelf. Oh my god, absolutely. That sh- it was shelf before I sat down to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> totally, man. You picked it up off the shelf to to watch it. Yeah, exactly. It's like I know where th- I know where this was, and I know where exactly where it will go. Yeah, I picked this up off the shelf because that's where it was and will always be. Um, this is a fucking gooey spook house of goodness. Um, again, we there, there's so much great talent not only behind the scenes but actually on screen as well. Um, the effects are amazing, and the cinematography is really good, uh, better than it has any right to be. Um, also, the lighting, too, in this movie. It's a very well-made film. Um, all of the technical aspects of this film are solid as fuck. And not only that, 
the story is really good, and the so is the script. Um, this movie works on a multitude of levels, so much so that um, it's just a really good time. As silly as it is, it all works because everybody's kind of taking... I mean, there are comedy elements, but everybody's taking it super serious um, and putting kind of their all into it. And it's just this weird... 90s early 90s gem i feel like um just to piggyback off what connor said you know you see all these faces that are super super familiar then um and how they became so notable like later in the later 90s and um in the 2000s and it's just like you know it's just such a a great monster movie like straight up it's got it's it's got all of those kind of um sort of 50s sci-fi kind of beats but like updated for now so it's like a kind of like an atomic age film but like contemporary with a contemporary spin um and it pulls it off really well and uh yeah i fucking love this movie um and yeah uh i totally agree with connor it would go between aberration and mosquito definitely um and easily make an excellent double feature with mosquito uh back to back um yeah fucking shelf i would say even with aberration too you could watch this and aberration back to back and it's it they even because the mon- even though the monsters are different like it feels the same it, you are being attacked by like small but extremely dangerous uh little tiny monsters and you have to resort sure. to like, ridiculous things to get rid of them. Would you call it uh pint-sized terror? <laughs> I think it's like a instead of like a creature feature, it's like a critter feature. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, sure. I was just busting your chops cuz I know you have gone on record in the past saying you don't like that subgenre generally speaking. <laughs> this is not pint-sized horror. These are things that like I consider to be actually creepy and not um a fucking you know, a four foot doll I could palm on the forehead and throw him in a dumpster <laughs> with with Brad Dorf's fucking strength. But sure, he, he, the strength comes from his voice. All right, it's he just yell at me the whole time. <laughs> ah! There's a lot of other uh, mutant bug movies that are good, but I don't know if they're as good or in the same kind of ballpark as this. You know. Uh, with all that said, yeah, definitely a shelf movie. Uh, what else can I really add that you guys didn't already say? I definitely think Alfonso, Ribeiro, and uh, Seth Green are the best two in this film. And I even kind of like the guy that plays Rome. Uh, he's got a lot of good one-liners and his whole attitude. Oh, totally. Just uh, reminded me a little bit of like Uncle Jesse from like the early days of Full House. <laughs> Almost said Family Matters. Yeah, same same singer. So maybe we'll have the uh, the, the Full House crossover. but uh, With ticks. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Joey's got one crawling up his fucking leg. <laughs> Cut it out. Seriously, of my leg. But yeah, uh, the 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 effects are really well done, and I think this is one of those films that people kind of overlook just based on the subject matter alone. They're like, who the fuck would want to watch a movie on killer ticks? And when you actually sit down and watch it, it's uh, it's really well made, especially for the budget and the acting. And just the uh, you know the little story they're telling, and like I said during the episode, I think maybe the stuff with the sheriff is a bit overkill, but it also paints the picture that this Sir and Jerry character aren't fucking around, and I guess that's, at the end of the day, what they're going for. Um, but we come to the Daniel Baldwin statue that we're still uh, dragging out here <laughs> at the end of the day <laughs> to figure out where we're gonna insert this on the Baldwin shelf and uh, you know that stuff that Clint Howard was using to 
basically the runoff that that caused all these problems. I think the that, herbal steroid. Yeah, that was originally created uh, via the Baldwin statue, <laughs> just all the garbage and junk and movies. Wait, it just secretes it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It comes out of the Baldwin statue anus into a little uh, petri dish. And, uh, you know, I have to constantly empty the fucking thing into a bigger container. So it's really a major inconvenience for me personally. It's the overflow, man. Kurt Russell's constantly coming around asking to poke it with a hot needle. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, he gets the needle from Death Dream and he, and he pulls it out of the arm where that beef jerky was getting stimulated. And uh, he sucks it out the anus and uh, <laughs> somehow end up with the movie Ticks. I don't know if it's a VHS copy or a DVD copy, but that's the end result. And uh, at the end of the day, Clint Howard still uh, gets killed by these things, and I guess that's really the moral of the story here. Uh, so yeah, shelf, I guess is what I'm saying. I really like this movie. <laughs> the moral of the story is Clint Howard is murdered by insects. <laughs> Worth price of admission. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So uh, so yeah, so so that's ticks. Don't uh, don't forget to um, sign up for our Patreon. Absolutely, and we have one more episode for the rest of the month, which we may have some stuff on Patreon about. But we have Orca coming out at the end of the month with our friend CB Smith. Yeah, Eric described it as Jaws on mescaline, and I can't wait to see, to, <laughs> um, to see oh what that looks like. It's it's an intense film. Um, I am really excited to talk about that, uh, especially with Smith, CB Smith, our guest. Um, it's gonna be a good time, so stay tuned for that. And uh, and again, yeah, uh, check out that Patreon. Sign up, maybe, maybe two dollar tier. Donate something. Yeah. See what we're posting on there. We're posting stuff like early MDU Mondays. We had that Terry O'Quinn one go up on Sunday, mm-hmm. and uh, we posted. You know, like we were talking about at the beginning of this episode, little thing asking for you guys to give us your questions, and I think we're gonna. Like we said earlier, continue that with each episode and maybe a little bit more lead time on that. Give you guys a little bit more time to let us know what you want us to talk about. Yeah, so that'll be fun. So you guys so you guys can kind of participate with us as 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 we're doing this. So that'll that'll be a good time. Amy Dolan's interview drops the the Monday after this, so so keep an eye out for that too. So that's it. That's Ticks from nineteen ninety three, directed by Tody Randell. Hey, everybody, if you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us anywhere you listen to your podcast, and make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show, because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Joel Scola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. We're going to play a game, Holmes. Here's the deal. You sing a gimme, you live. You brick, you don't. See, they call me panic because I never do. How about you? You're not going to kill me. Maybe I won't. Or maybe I'll just have my dog rip your leg off. We'll be right back.